Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Center. Good morning, I'm Mark Dishark. Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields has started a petition requesting that the Big Ten reinstate the 2020 football season. The petition has more than 200,000 signatures. The Big Ten last week said there will be no football this fall in the conference. The Blue Jackets suffered a 3-2 loss to Tampa Bay on Saturday night. The Lightning lead two games to one in that first-round Stanley Cup playoff series. With Game 4 set for this afternoon, face-off is 3 o'clock on the fan. The Indians finally got their offense going yesterday, outscoring the Tigers 8-5. Francisco Lindor had two doubles, a homer, and three RBIs. Franmil Reyes hit two home runs, his second one traveling 453 feet. The Reds-Pirates game was postponed due to a Cincinnati player contracting the coronavirus. The Sports Center is brought to you by BMI Federal Credit Union. During these difficult times, BMI Federal Credit Union is here to make your financial life easy. Visit BMIFCU.org today. Breaking sports news on the fan. Rise and shine, sleepyhead. The birds are chirping. The coffee's brewing. Best of all, it's time to attack and dominate. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel. Oh, on a Monday. Welcome in. It is unbelievable that we have a local morning show here on The Fan. It's been such a long time, and I know that myself, I am excited to be a part of it. And, of course, my two partners, I know that they're all juiced up. One Bobby Carpenter and Anthony Schlegel. Boys, what's going on? Good to talk to you guys here on a Monday. It's great to talk to you, Bean, man. Uh, like you said, fully juiced up, ready to go. Woke up, got a little run this morning, get the blood flowing here, make sure I have God. maximum energy for everybody today. Hey, how about this? Can I get a two claps and a, <laughs> and a, woo! That's what we're doing, man. I'm already popping a monster, man. Monster deep ready to eat. So Bob likes to go on a run. I just drink coffee and uh, pop a monster in the morning. You know what I mean? Big shout out to the, the fact that this is probably the first 6 a.m. workout, Bob, that we haven't had in a in a hot minute. We got some dudes over at the shop still working out. But guess what, boys? This one's for you. I mean, it really is amazing, the fact that, I mean, so how long have you guys been doing this? I know that obviously, I mean, you know, look who I'm talking to, but you guys do it every single day. You guys work out together in some semblance, and I'm sure, Carp, that you're you're going to go over to the shop later on after this is all done, but, I mean, what's it like for you guys not being in a weight room right now? Because I know that every, every single time you guys like to get up early, you guys get up about 5 a.m. every single day, so this isn't too new for you, but not being able to to get a workout in this morning, I feel like is probably going to have to take a little bit of time to get used to, right, Carp? Yeah, it's a little bit different, being like you said. I mean, it's probably started for me back in about 2002 when I, well, I guess I started working out a little bit before school sometimes in high school, but really consistently once I got to college and AJ kind of drew me in there and then, you know, Schlegs joined the crew in 2003. So, you know, it's really since then, it's, waking up early has never been a problem, but I never thought in my entire life that I would ever have a job where 
I would be up so early that I wouldn't be able to work out prior to that. And so that's probably the thing that, like you said, is going to take the biggest adjustment. Usually it's always, hey, find a way to get yourself up. Sometimes you you got to hit that thing fast. Sometimes you kind of ease into it, more of a medium pace. But regardless, like I thought, hey, I could always wake up early and get a little workout in beforehand. The problem is, I mean, unless I'm starting my workout in the middle of the night, it's going to be a little bit tougher to get that in. So just figure I'd get a little run, but be here with you guys ready to rock now each and every day in, in a different men, uh, different role. I mean, it's going to be fantastic. We're all hey, looking forward to it. Schlegs. Go ahead, bud. Here's a, here's a funny story. This is a running joke, right? So, I mean, I remember growing up, like, my dad would always take me to the gym before school, and I would go to school all just kind of dingy and stuff. I was like, hey, guess what? Go Bucks!" <laughs> even though I didn't know the Bucks at this time in DeSoto, Texas. That's probably what I was saying. But then we got the then we get to college, right? Air Force, different animal. You come to Ohio State, I'm like a bull in the china shop. Coach Vic maybe lived in Hilliard. You know, because I couldn't live on campus for a variety of reasons. But <laughs> as I would leave, AJ and Bob would get there early. And uh, we had to work at it uh, on time. Exactly. On time. Well, I'm running in all gas, no brakes, because I stopped off at the McDonald's. Probably got four sausages, been muffing with egg. Uh, and a large Coke as I drove 20 minutes in to go work out. I was always late. They're like, where are you, Schlegs? It was just this running joke. And guess what? It still happens to this day, which is why I set five alarms today. But I got up on the first one. So I'm already off to a great start. I mean, it really, I, people don't understand that. So when we were, you know, hanging out the other day and we were going over some of the stuff that we wanted the show to be like, you literally showed me your phone, Anthony. And it is, I mean, it literally has about 38 different alarms set. And it's like, it goes all the way from 3.30 in the morning all the way <laughs> until like 6 p.m. Like, if, if you decide to take like a little cat nap or something like that, like you're good for the entire day. So how did everybody sleep last night? Because I, you know, obviously, this is a new show that we're doing and everything like i i was used to doing the six to eight show bob so it was it's like totally different for me but i woke up this morning the alarm what i didn't even make the alarm i got up at 355 had the alarm set for four o'clock i'm on my third cup of coffee like i'm ready to rock now i'm so ready a- to rock i'm excited about it and i'm i'm just i'm real pumped to be able to work with you two stallions and i'm i'm really really can't be more <laughs> more excited about it <laughs> exactly beam mean, that's uh you know, and then that's the problem. That that will fade eventually. <laughs> Having to wake up, and I, I'm a morning flyer. You know, my, my man Rothman for so many years, he's like, I don't know why you want to wake up early and fly. I'm like, because I'd like to wake up, get my stuff done, get on the plane, take mm-hmm. a nap. But I, I'm like you, when I would do that, I would wake up early. That feeling that you have, the anxiety will fade. You get locked in. You'll eventually get used to waking up, so you won't be waking up every hour on the hour worried that you missed it. Um, you know, I did go like a wingo a number of times. So I, like at first I was super paranoid that I was always going to show up late and eventually you kind of figured out and you're like, all right, I'll be good. You settle in and you get ready to rock for everybody. And I know even though Schlegs, you've got your 47 alarm clocks that you have in there and we always make fun of you because they just intermittently go off all the time throughout the day. You know, I know that you'll be ready to go eventually too. And we just got to kind of ease you into this thing. Yeah, I appreciate really it. Really do. Really do. But let's jump into it, boys. I mean, it was a, uh, it's been a pretty wild time, right? I mean, let's just, let's be honest with each other. You had this, uh, you had the Big Ten, the schedule release a couple of weeks ago. Then all of a sudden, you know, last week, poof, David Copperfield, like it's gone. Okay. So 
there's no football that's being played in the Big Ten, but it seems to be that there are now multiple efforts to try and get this backup started. There were a couple of parents' organizations over the weekend, including Ohio State, that were writing you know letters to the Big Ten commissioner and Kevin Warren. Uh, I'll read you a little bit here what the Ohio State said and what they're kind of wanting to do from a parent standpoint. You know, they said all teams have the best interest in preserving the health and welfare of their students. The coaching staff, athletic director, and medical staff at the Ohio State University have provided weekly health and safety updates to both players and the parents. We ask for the same transparency in the decision-making process by the Big Ten Commissioner and Council of Presidents and Chancellors regarding the cancellation of the August 5th 10-game conference-only football schedule. We believe the August 11th decision was made in haste. I don't disagree with them there. As we continued to learn nationally about COVID-19, our understanding and protocols and dealing with the virus have also continued to evolve. In the best interest of our players, we strongly believe that the Big Ten should re-evaluate its decision. Additional time and consideration provided by deferring the decision would allow for more data to be analyzed and evaluated. And here's what they're asking for, Bob. They said, in summary, we're requesting your immediate attention to the response and the following. Reinstatement of the August 5th game schedule in the event of fall season is deemed not to be in the best interest of the student-athletes, provided a detailed plan for an alternate season, provide full transparency to the coaches, players, parenting regarding the data used to make your decision, have a meeting with the representatives that include players, parents, and coaches, Big Ten commissioner to participate in a Zoom call with the senior players and parents, allows teams who are prepared to play to play. Those teams who are not prepared to play should be given the opportunity to forfeit and or opt out until next season, provide a detailed action plan and standard protocols and safety practices for all teams, provide us with a response no later than August 19th. So the Big Ten Players Parents Association basically just put the Big Ten on the clock this past weekend, and they're not wrong in any of that. I I don't think they are. Do you, Bob? No, you hear that, Beam, and I must still read it, and I read it the other day, last yesterday, and... You see the teams that are getting behind this stuff. You've got the Nebraska parents. I think you have the Iowa parents, like Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. There's like four or five teams and it's beginning to pick up steam. And it's not like it's just like 20 of them. It's like 70, it's like 80, 85. I mean, close to the entire allotment of scholarship players because all the parents are really asking for, what did you use to make this decision? Right. Can you give us those fa- and, and basically be transparent with all this? What did you use to make it? Why is the spring safer? What were the protocols in place? Why weren't they working? And sit down and have a discussion with us on why you think it's better for you to make a decision on what's safe or not for our children than what, than us and our children who are the ones at risk. And so looking at all that, like, that's all they're asking for is a little bit of transparency because Kevin Warren has went and hid in his closet and hasn't responded to really anything right now because there's a lot of hypocrisy. The parents are, are not idiots. They're looking at this and saying, your son's playing at Mississippi State. Why can't our kids play? Yeah. And so they're just asking for him to kind of open this up a little bit. And if there's something there, tell us so we don't look like idiots and keep saying we want our kids to play if there's something that's categorically unsafe. The problem is... I don't think you're going to be able to find anything to back that when you have doctors out of the ACC and out of a very notable institution like Duke saying, well, we're not saying it's safe to you know, go play and, and do everything back to normal, but under proper situations and protocols, we think it's safe to proceed cautiously and to see how everything works out, Beam. 
Yeah, it's so wild to me, man, like how you, you did. You had the schedule re- release, and then less than a week later, the season is canceled. To me, it seems like everything was done in haste. And Schlegs, I think it's you know the same thing, where you feel like, at least at Ohio State, at this institution right here, you can't speak for anybody else because you're not there, but at least at Ohio State, the players and the families of them feel inherently safe, like that's going to be the safest place for them, and they want to make their voice heard. And I think they did it with this letter, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And here's the deal. Like, if you go back and you look at everything that's taken place, right? So you go through and you have the shutdown in March. Zero communication. I know for a fact there was communication between the coaches and athletic directors. Like, how do we practice? Like, what do you mean, how do we practice? Like, you have the protocols in place. The problem is there is no standard protocols from the Big Ten of, like, how we're going to do it. You heard that from the Big 12, right? Then you go take just Ohio State in general, testing twice a week, all the different things that they had in the, you know, wearing the mask and everything that Mm -hmm. they did in the Woody, right? These guys knew they were being taken care of, and that's part of the deal. Not everybody is like Ohio State, right? Our coaches, our med staff, they understand – what they have to do for the players and the players trust the coaches. That's why a parent association can come out like this. And they'd be like, we believe that our coaches are doing and our medical staff and our athletic director are doing everything they possibly can in the, for the best interest of my child. And they trust them and they believe that. So they're going to write this letter. But to me, this goes back from a big 10 standpoint it's like you can wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which one fills up faster you know what i'm saying and everybody just kind of hoped this would go away and the numbers would come down well guess what poof david copperfield it didn't but just don't be about it like you know don't don't talk about it be about it like let's go have a plan what does it look like we just released the schedule on august 5th and then we're going to cancel it on august 11th what happened that's what the parents want to know Like, what changed your mindset that we're going to completely shut down fall sports? And then not only that, not give us a plan of when it's potentially going to happen. Because you don't have six days to be able to come up with that plan. So basically, in haste, they made this decision. Parents are like, whoa, pump the brakes. We need some clarification and some answers and some communication. Guess what? You haven't heard that from the Big Ten. That's a lack of leadership. Big time. I just don't understand, you know, I know that everybody gets in a room together and the presidential vote comes down, like, I mean, if Rutger doesn't want to play football, like, that's fine. You have the ability to opt out. But if the Ohio State players and the Ohio State parents feel like they are inherently safe, they have understood the risks, there has been everything presented to them, they have jumped through all the hoops that the Big Ten has asked them to do, it's just really, it's shocking. It still is. Like, I know that this decision was made almost a week ago, and I still can't even fully wrap my head around it. We'll jump into more of that next. And also, Justin Fields, your quarterback here at Ohio State, he hasn't given up the fight for the season just yet. We'll do that next. It's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Attack and dominate your alarm clock. This is Morning Juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and Schlags. Morning Juice. Here on the fan, happy to be here. Really am. I mean, I know that we haven't had a morning show in a long, long time. I will say this: like going to break and coming in, I guarantee you, I will say, coming up on the Buckeye show next for a tease. Like it's guaranteed to happen because you do that for long enough, and then you have to get a new show name. Like, boy, that's going to be something that is going to be uh, pretty interesting. So, you know, I was. Uh, so, you boys, obviously, you, you guys have 
children, right? And so when is their first day back to school, boys? When do, when do they go back? Uh, I believe, Beam, I think Arlington starts on the 19th, and I'm not sure when the diocese starts. I was just literally during the break, I was running through our calendar thinking like, hey, it's Monday, it's pretty early, start to the week, kind of figure out what we got going on to attack this week, how we're going to plan and schedule all our practices and whatever it is. I was like, oh, there you go, first day of school, 819, <laughs> let's figure that out. <laughs> I mean, it is, uh, it's pretty wild, right? I mean, it's unlike anything that we have ever been in our entire life. And I mean, how did you guys, how, how was it for you guys, you know, er, earlier in the year? Because I would imagine, you know, I, my wife and I, we don't have children, but she is a teacher. So like she's trying to do that same thing where, you know, she's trying to sit on a Zoom class, you know, from eight o'clock till three in the afternoon every 30 minutes with a different group of students. I would imagine that you guys and your spouses, that is going to be exhausting. So I'm glad that we get to work early in the morning and Schlegs, you can get that out of the way and then you can attack and dominate the classroom with your kids. <laughs> you know what? It's a uh, truly a blessing. Yep. Like Bobby obviously knows when his day is like, I have no clue. I just, when's, when are they going to school stuff? Like she has all that stuff taken care of. I, I'll tell you what though, you know, it just goes back to the GSF of like parents, right? Like you're going to have to you know, adapt during this time. So we have a thing, we have a thing that the, uh, the moms set up kind of in our neighborhood, the council of moms. And they're like going through like, okay, how are we going to make this year different and special and add experiences to our kids? So guess what? At some point, I'm going to have six little dudes in here and they're going <laughs> to stay up the night before. They're going to watch Indians and Reds and Blue Jackets and they're going to talk sports. I'm like, I want you to write down all the bullet points and then you're going to sit down here and you're going to watch me do this show and I want you to help me do all the prep. Like we're going to do that. We're going to teach them how to you know, change a tire. They're going to read, um, you know, Coach Meyer's book, and then we're going to talk about it. And if they do, then guess what? We're going to start teaching them how to drive. Like, we're going to do these things. But that's what you got to – like, listen, that's what you got to do. You know, because, I mean, I couldn't – honestly, me at 14 trying to sit on Zoom, I mean, I have an 8-year-old, and even at 39, I'm kind of like him, right? I can't disassociate school and at home. Like, you mean to tell me, like, I'm doing school while I'm at home. But home, I thought, is where I just run around and take my clothes off and pretend mm. to fish in the pool. But now I got to be so on a zoo. Is that you or Go Hunter? Bucks. Or you or Sam? Yeah. Well, we're one in the same. Okay. It's one. <laughs> I mean, it is, uh, I know it's going to be a remarkable challenge. So to the parents who are out there right now, who they're listening, you know, you're getting your kid up. I mean, congratulations to you because I don't know how you guys do it. It's really, really remarkable. So everybody who's going back to school today, at least in the virtual sense, good luck to them mm -hmm. as the school season gets started for everybody else. But Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, boys, he released this last night and it has gotten a ton of attention already. So Justin Fields created this campaign on moveon.org. It's kind of like change.org, right? I mean, you know, signing up for online petitions and all this stuff. So he sent out a tweet last night where he wants Kevin Warren and the Big Ten University presidents and the athletic directors, they want to play. They use the hashtag, we want to play. We know that. There was a push last weekend, it seemed, from them. But right now, the fight still does not seem to be dead. Here's what Justin Fields wrote on this petition site. He said, we, the football players of the Big Ten, together with the fans and supporters of college football, request that the Big Ten Conference immediately reinstate the 2020 football season, allow Big Ten players slash teams to make their own choice as to whether they wish to play or 
or opt out this fall, allow Big Ten players slash teams who choose to opt out of playing a fall season to do so without any repercussion or any penalty. Why we want to play? We believe the safety protocols that have been established and can be maintained to mitigate concerns of exposure to COVID-19. We believe that we should have the right to make decisions about what is best for our health and our future. Do not let our hard work and sacrifice be in vain. Hashtag let us play. And I mean, boys, this was only a, you know, this was only released last night and it's already over 214,000 signatures strong. I mean, it's, it's incredible what it does. I mean, this, I'm, I'm looking back. It was created 19 hours ago. It's less than a day old and already almost over a quarter of a million people have signed this thing. That's pretty impressive from Justin Fields. It is. And, you know, I was last night as I was getting scolded by Platinum Fox on Twitter to go to bed <laughs> saying that you got an early show tomorrow. Um, I kept like refreshing my feed after I, looked at it, read it, and then signed it myself, and then tried to push it out. And I was sitting there watching it go from like, we're almost at 100,000. Then the next thing I know, 15 minutes later, it's like, boom, buck 25, boom, buck 50. Oh, wow, crossed 200,000. So I woke up this morning, I'm like, I don't know why. And here's the one thing. I woke up this morning after going to bed at like 11, 1130. And you know, I'm laying in bed, it's 4, 4.45, 4.30, something like that. And I'm like, just scrolling through things before I got out. Because of course, we're completely tethered to our devices. And I had to do that first. And I don't know why I felt like, all right, if the momentum was that strong last night, it's probably going to be at like 300,000 by now. Cause in my mind, like the people beam in Australia mm-hmm. and China and like on the west side of the world or east side of the world, we're voting on this too and like working on this, which <laughs> isn't true because they don't care about it. But I'm like, why did it only go up 10,000? Oh, because it was the middle of the night and no one was awake anymore. You make it sound like things are going 24 hours a day, but I, I feel like. Kevin Warren is going to be in like Colonel Nathan Jessup out of a few good men on the stand. And he's just getting <laughs> hammered here because the player, everybody wants the truth, man. Like tell us the truth about why you did this and why we can't go forward. And they're just going to continue to pound him. You've seen, we talked about the parents doing it. We're talking about Justin Fields doing it now. I mean, people are going to continue to push this, but that's what the face of leadership looks like. Like, Hey, reach out to other people, figure out what, what's going on. Try to find answers, be a solutions person. Be in the solutions business and try not just to say no, because that's the easiest thing to do. How can we find a way to say yes, if that's what the people who are the biggest risk takers and stakeholders in this believe that we should do? And so that's what they need to try to figure out with Kevin Warren's how they can do it. But kudos to Justin Fields. Like, and this is a guy too, who really him and Trevor Lawrence, yep. you could argue, should be the biggest proponents of delaying and postponing and not having a season because there's really not a heck of a lot to gain for those guys. Like Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be number one overall pick. Justin Fields is probably going to be top five. Like Those things are set in stone. And so why would they want to play? Oh, because they love it, Schlegs. That's why they want to play. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact is, Bob, you, maybe it's like you can't handle the truth, right? It's like the truth is this. We made a mistake we came to a rash uh, conclusion based on a study that somebody gave us and we shared it with the university presidents and we had some kind of vote. Like it doesn't make any sense because they had plenty of time, right? The first game, Ohio State was playing on September 3rd. And then we came out and said, we're canceling the season August 11th. You had plenty of time to say, Hey, listen, let's go back and let's reanalyze this myocarditis. Let's, let's, let's look at all of our protocols. Is everybody you know, in the Big Ten, able to do those. And if not, guess what? Opt out. 
That's fine. But they just said, you know what? We're going to stop planning. We're going to stop adapting. We're going to stop adjusting and just say, you know what? We're, it's almost like I want to be the first mover of saying no, right? But here, as a great leader, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to, it's okay to say, you know what? I'm, we made a rash decision. It was in the best interest of our student athletes, we thought. But now taking time, going back through and investigating this more and the fact that all these other sports, right? Rugby, Australian rules, football, Mm -hmm. soccer over in Europe, like across the globe, everybody's playing sports. But yet we're going to come out and say no. So let's just look at everything. Let's pump the brakes. And again, I'm an all gas, no brakes guy. (laughs) But sometimes it's okay to pump the brakes. It's okay to get off the caffeine schlegs. You know what I mean? Like... You know, two doses of pre-workout, a monster, and some coffee is probably enough to get you through your day. So let's pump the brakes, right? Hey, you know what? We came in haste. We reevaluated it. We understand of what everybody has been doing for our student athletes, and let's go. And here, I I, I heard this the other day from a, a doctor friend of mine who does a ton of consulting, and, and hopefully we can get him on the air to kind of explain everything that goes on in the sports science. But if you took COVID out of the vocabulary. And I know that's hard for people to imagine. But when a student athlete has something, he just said this, and I thought it, it resonated with me. If a certain athlete had these type of symptoms, would you let him play? Yes or no? Yes. What about these symptoms? Yes. What about these? No. Trust your training as a medical professional. Trust your training. And that's everything that we're looking at, right? So we got protocols. The medical department, trust your training. The so I'm so proud, I'm so oh, sorry, proud of my, no, I'm so proud of Justin Fields for stepping up. Leaders got to lead. He's a great leader at Ohio State. He really is, and he has done a, a marvelous job. And a, this is only going to continue to gain more, more momentum. It's not only not not even 24 hours old. It's up to 215,000 signatures. It will be pressed hard today. I'll be anxious to see where this ends up getting to, and if you know the commissioner and or Big Ten athletic departments or whoever is making decisions inside of the conference are going to take it seriously and at least try to reevaluate their decision. All right, the Jackets are getting ready for a pivotal game four this afternoon. Noon up in the bubble. We'll preview that next. It's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Three men, one show, all the beef. Unicorns, show ponies, where's the beef? This is Morning Juice with Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel. Morning Juice here on The Fan. We're happy to be with you weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. We're glad to get your morning started off the right way as the sun is starting to peak out here it looks to be a beautiful day here in columbus absolutely love it man got up when it was dark outside couldn't see anything hadn't done that in a long time had to flip the flashlight on didn't want to wake (laughs) the wife up and everything and i'm like all right i don't even know where i'm going right now kind of stumbled when i got out of bed but i'm telling you what man there's something about you know seeing the sunrise bob that is just i don't know man it's something so relaxing about it for me looking outside getting a start to the day got the rooster crowing over there it's fantastic man That'll fade quickly, Beam. Like, it sounds great. <laughs> it's a novelty because you, you haven't done it in a while, you know, but day by day, that'll slowly just wear you down and it'll grind your face off. So it's good right now. It is, like you said, hopefully it's going to shape it up to be a beautiful day. Yesterday, outside of a little rain, it was fantastic. Watching the sunrise is fantastic. It's, it's a good thing, but it will, like I said, it will wear you down a little bit, especially when we have some of these late night games coming through. And thankfully, we're lucky. The Jackets have been playing most of their games 
much to the detriment probably I'm sure of some people who have like who are really working, but been playing some matinees for us, the early bird special, so you don't have to stay up to the the wee hours of the night trying to watch them. Yeah, it really is. For me, like I've always said this, Schlegs, for me, like the morning sports are the best kind of sports that you can get. Like you guys know that I'm a big Premier League fan, right? I know that you yell at me, Bob, for saying Premier because that's not the way that we say it here in America. You gotta, exactly. You got to do it the way that they say the thing. So like I'm a big morning sports guy. I love a little matinee action. Like to you guys, I don't know. I mean, it has the same feel to it. It's got the same vibe. It's obviously you're playing in a bubble and you know, you're getting ready for a playoff game that starts today. But it is, it is, it's a little bit strange, but I'm all for like the midday games and all that. And I know that people are working and all this different stuff, but sign me up for a man. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. Like I've told you before, Bob, that, you know, the, the nine o'clock kicks, the, the 10 o'clock stuff that starts, like I have a hard time making it through that anyways, let alone like when I was doing a night show. Now we're doing the morning show. Like there's zero chance. So sign me up for the, <laughs> fle- for the oh. three o'clock bubble games. I'm all for it. Schlegs, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the, the 7.30, 8 o'clock start, or do you like the uh, the little little midday action? Well, when I'm playing, like, I absolutely love, like, you know, 3.30, right? Because why? I, I like to sleep in, you know? So get a little <laughs> sleep in, walk around, drink some championship water, go through my day, maybe take a little bit of a nap, go over to the stadium. Like, I like playing there as far as, like, watching sports. Yeah, whenever I get up, I'm normally early on the weekends anyways because I got stuff to do. But for the Blue Jackets, I mean, everybody at work is on Facebook anyways, right? <laughs> so you might as well just start streaming while you're there. You know, you can multitask. You can do your job. You can watch the Blue Jackets. You can do a little Facebooking, you know? So it's okay. Yeah. Here's the deal, though, Beam. I mean, it's tough to drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's true, and So. Bob. You know, you get some of these these morning games, some of this early stuff. (laughs) I mean, when the Jackets are playing, you know, it's slingshot engaged, 2 o'clock, when you start hearing your guy Bobby Mack right here on the fan leading into the game with network coverage of it. And, you know, the the rest of my day is basically shot. Like, I'm punting on the on. I'm punting on the day. (laughs) I'm completely punting on anything that's happening after 2 o'clock because once I engage and start having a drink here or there and watching a game, like, even when the game's over, it's not like, okay, let's go back to being productive. It's saying, hey, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to lament the fact that for about the last 18 minutes after Robinson scored the goal to make it 3-2, to I'm just hanging on the edge of my seat, going back and forth saying, I'm out of this, we can't score, da, 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 like losing my mind. And then it draws me in and I just sit there afterwards like stunned that they didn't win. And so I just sit there in the rest of my night either wanting to celebrate the win or sit there and kind of despair thinking, how do they let it slip away? And so I, I'm looking forward to doing that, I guess, this afternoon. Yeah, I am too. I think it'll be a, it's going to be a fantastic game. I know that Torts, you know, he was previewing the game a little bit yesterday and he just said that all this hockey could be catching up to the Jackets right now. That's fine. But he did say that. That's all right. Sure. I trust okay. Don't play. Don't play the cut. It's okay. Of the it's... series so far to start the game, and uh, I, we're just as a group, about hitting a wall uh, with all the hockey that we've played. I have to figure that's what happens tonight because it was the whole group of us from the 12 minute mark of the first period. I mean, we're just we're not the team we need to be. Obviously, in the series. I mean it. 
it was so upsetting, I think, boys, because you did. You know, he hits he hits the nail on the head every single time. Like, Torts is not a guy, Bob, as you know, I mean, doing hockey and hounds with the guy for a couple of years. Like, he is not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm with him. The first 10, 15 minutes of that game, you're like, okay, this is fine. Like, I was actually surprised, boys, because, I mean, we know how much hockey that they've played, right? I mean, you go the five games in Toronto, okay, that's fine. You, you go to an elimination game, last game of the series, most you can obviously play. Then, not only that, you go in the fourth longest game in NHL history, with that being the five overtime banger. You come out, you know, you, you lose this game on Saturday. I'm just hoping it's not catching up with them. Like, I was pretty su- surprised, you know, when they came out for that game, too. They looked relaxed. They looked fresh. But I can only imagine, as you guys probably know pretty well, I mean, the longer and longer that this series goes on, the more tired that those legs are going to get. And I just, I hope, you know, that we're not seeing them run out of gas right now because well, I think they match up really well with this Tampa Bay team. Don't you, Anthony? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like... I was looking at this because the beginning of the first game, they came out hot, right? And then you look at the second second period, they scored a goal. Beginning of the third period, they scored a goal. And then, you know, a little bit of that that dip, that fade, you know, from hitting the wall that, that Torts was talking about. And here's the deal. Here's why I love Columbus Blue Jack hockey. Like, I could play for Torts, right? To me, their mantra should be this. Wear a big cup and carry a big stick. Because that's what they do. Like, I could play hockey for him. You know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, granted, I could probably skate like I could swim and Bob can, can testify to this. Like I can't swim very good, but I can wear a big cup and carry a big stick and go hit people. But here's the thing. When you look at the Blue Jackets, the one thing that they have to do is they have to capitalize on the opportunities and missing that shot, yeah. uh, Benstrom missing that shot early. That hurts, right? That's a three, three game. So they always have to capitalize when they can't, because that's not how their game is set up, man. It's more, more of a defensive type of game. They gotta be very, very opportunistic. But I know this, they are resilient and they are mentally tough. And I think that that's what we're gonna see tonight at three o'clock. Even and if it's, I was gonna say, Bob, even though it's two to one, do you feel like it's a must win game tonight? Because I, I do. I, I yeah. feel like it's, a, even though, I mean, it's not an elimination game, obviously, but it feels like a must win situation for them to get back on even footing. It does. And, you know, you look at that, you can't go down 3-1. And then if you tie it up 2-2, and you, you laugh about this, like the goal is to get the split on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, since every game's a road <laughs> game, it's all neutralized. Like they got the split. Now coming back home to back in Toronto still. But they lost game three, first game of, quote, their home. They're wearing the blues. You've got to find a way to get it done. And he, it's like Torch was hitting on. It's the compilation, not just, you know, like you said, the – the the marathon game in game uh in game one that you ultimately end up losing, you know game four you give up all those goals at the end the three goals in the last four or five minutes, but you come back in five you find a way to get it done you come back in two you find a way to get it done, and this team like it embodies torch like they yeah. they are tough they have a high degree of intestinal fortitude like they are a tough and resilient team the problem is the way they play is that they play a lot of defense, they have to play really hard, a high-effort team, and when you have a three-on-five, like Schlegs touched on it, like with Bemstrom, mm-hmm. you've got a great shot, yeah. like you, you have to capitalize because this team isn't skilled enough to be able to, to have a lot of opportunities. They have to make the most of the ones that they get. Um, and if you look at what Corpy's done, he's been fantastic. They've been hanging him out sometimes. Guys have been blocking a lot of shots, but they put a ton on him to be great, and he has been. And so this is, they've got to find a way to summon it up. And 
it stinks because they've been not only in a lot of hockey, like highly emotional games that drain you. The one thing that I look at with this Jackets team, they're young, man. And when you're young, you bounce back quicker than you do when you're old. Schlegs can testify to that. He's almost 40 now, <laughs> you know. And so that's that's a big piece of it. You look at all these young guys they got out there, you know, outside of Cam and Nikki and some of those dudes. Like, they're a really, really young group. So hopefully that will pay them dividends now when the fact that when you need something, you're able to go back to the well and you still have something to give. We'll throw some quick hitters coming up next. It's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. We do to appreciate a hearty breakfast. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Now back to Morning Juice on the fan. Back here on Morning Juice. Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel hanging out with you. Weekdays, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. right here on the fan. Juiced about it. So excited to get to work with you two guys. I know it's a, it's going to be a thrill for me, and I hope that everybody who's driving around or getting their morning started, you're going to enjoy what we are going to do on this show. So we'll do the fan poll because this is, you know, we're, we're the first, we're, we're playing lead, we're hitting lead off, right? So you got to, I'm thinking about the fan poll, Bob, and I think it's, I think it was the same question that I asked you. Even though it's not an elimination game for the Jackets, do you feel like today's game against the Lightning is a must win? And the daily fans fan poll, excuse me, is sponsored by Buyers Imports by the airport. Even though it's not an elimination game, do you feel like it's a must win? Bob, you said yes. I said yes. Schlegs, must win for the CBJ today at three o'clock. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? Here's the deal though. I think for them, it's just like coming back after the 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 overtime loss, right? Like you you felt the same way. And it's to regather the momentum. And it just goes, we got to capitalize, right? We have to capitalize. We have to play our game, but we got to capitalize on our opportunities. And I feel that, you know, again, this is like a home game, right? Supposedly in the Toronto bubble, right? It's the second home game. Mm -hmm. I think it is because then it goes back to a three-game series. Yep, exactly. That's all they can do. Coverage starts right here on The Fan later today at 2 o'clock. All right, Shark, it's time to throw some quick hitters. Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters. So the SEC schedule is going to be unveiled today. Are you guys going to watch that? Are you excited to see what they are going to come up with, Bob? Uh, I'm not even sure where that's going to be, where I can view that. Um, I'll just probably look at it when it comes out online. This isn't like we're watching like the bracket reveal for March Madness or even the college football playoff. I do know that it's been awesome, the fact that some of the SEC coaches, since they went to like more of a conference-only model, they were complaining about the other <laughs> conference teams they drew. Everything's right they, in the world, right? Exactly. How come they get to play this team and we have to play them and this one's at home, this one's on the road? Like, hey, you know what I say? Just be happy you're having that conversation. That's a football conversation as opposed to the conversation of, in the Big Ten. We just want to have football. So just enjoy what you have. You get what you get. You don't throw a fit. So I'm not going to watch it, but I will check it out here as soon as it is released. I yeah, the biggest, the biggest ahead, question on that. No, the biggest question on that is who gets Vandy? And that's what they're all upset about, probably. <laughs> like, come on, man, just give us Vandy. How did they go? How did they get Vandy? And we did it. All right, that's okay. Throw Texas A&M there. We'll beat them too. That's all right. They're the Rutger of the SEC. It's the same exact thing. All right. So the Indians last night beat the Tigers eight to five. It is the Tribe's twentieth straight victory over the Detroit Tigers. That is pretty improbable to me, Anthony, that you can, even in, I know a game in Major League Baseball, right? It's anything can happen on any given day. 20 straight wins. That's highly improbable. Congratulations to the Indians for doing that. 
Yeah, just kind of like you know how uh, the Yankees always beat up on the Orioles. Like that's the same thing for the Tribe beating up on on the Tigers, right? So something that we we expect it now, but also Lindor had a night now. Man, what a dude! We gotta <laughs> we gotta lock him in. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're gonna be able to lock him in. But I'll say this, Beam. Where where is Detroit located? You know what state that's located in by chance? Uh, the state up north, I believe. Yeah, exactly. So what? The twenty years of overall dominance, twenty games of dominance. <laughs> I mean, like that's that's Ohio's favorite pastime now. Like I'm glad that they were able to transition it from the gridiron to the diamond. Cleveland's doing what they need to do. They're taking care of business. TCB every single day and beating up on a on a Tigers team. You know what? It's a little better this far, I think, than people thought. But still, Indians are taking them to the shed. New Broncos running back Melvin Gordon says that he is really struggling with the high altitude out there in Denver. Bob, what's the most tired you've ever been? And I can imagine for me, it's uh, we went out to Park City a couple of years ago, and it was the same thing, like altitude. Like, I had never been there before. I mean, I'm born and bred here in Ohio where it's flat and we're not at any altitude. That absolutely crushed me. What's the most tired you've ever been? You know, I was going to say, outside of the three-overtime game against North Carolina State and Phillip Rivers, we played like 100 plays, and it was 1,000 degrees. Uh, I went to, Speaking of altitude, I went down to Machu Picchu a couple of years ago now and Ooh, went Picchu. there and then also went to, hiked up to the, they call it the Rainbow Mountain. It's two miles above sea level. And my brother and I were like, yeah, we'll jog this thing. And we started jogging it. We're good, we're good, we're good. Probably two-thirds of the way up, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to die. I could only walk <laughs> about 100 yards at a time, and then I have to take a break. And it was killing me. I'm like, I'm watching like these little kids. They're locals there. They're walking. It's no big deal to them. So the altitude does impact you a little bit. Part of the reason reason was I, I probably had two bottles of wine the night before because it was really mm. cheap down there through the exchange rate. So that hurt. And so altitude bothers some people more than others. Schlegs, I don't think it probably bothered you from all the whippets you used to do in high school. <laughs> I mean, having played at the Air Force Academy, like the altitude never really affected me. So, one, I'm going to question the the type of shape that he went into camp with. But I would I would remember the the, the most tired I've ever been was remember that one time Bob when Graves came back and for some reason he probably was out playing golf, smoking a pack of Parliaments and stuff, and he came in and we ran 32 one tens. Yeah, right. That was good. I, I was like. First off, I'm running these, and then just Bob and Braves just take off, and I'm running with AJ, and AJ's in front of me, and we get to about, like, 10. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I mean, all we had to do was 10. We got, like, tw- 22 more to go. This is awful. And that from that moment on, I said, listen, God made me to run 10 yards, and that's it. So that's how I train from now on. Exactly. No need to do that. All right, Shark, you can kill the music. Good stuff right there. If you missed anything this morning, we'll get you caught up with the re-rack. Coming up, it's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good morning, I'm Mark Deshark. The 1969 and 70 seasons, the Baltimore Orioles won 23 straight games against the Kansas City Royals. That's a record that has lasted for 50 years, but it's being challenged. Yesterday, the Indians beat the Tigers 8-5. That's the 20th straight time Cleveland has defeated Detroit. The Reds game against the Pirates was postponed because of COVID-19. In the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Blue Jackets trail Tampa Bay two games to one with game four set to this afternoon at 3 o'clock. If the series goes the entire seven games, the two teams will have to play four games in the next six days. In golf, Cincinnati native Jim Herman shot a final round 700 par 63 
leaving him at 21 under overall. Good for a one-stroke victory over Billy Horschel at the Wyndham Championship in North Carolina. This Sports Center is brought to you by The Basement Doctor, Central Ohio's most trusted name for your home since 1987. Visit basementdoctor.com. Breaking sports news on the fan. Rising, grinding, and hitting the fairway by 9.30? Hang on, did Bieber write this? Now back to Morning Juice on the fan. Well, the the guy in the voice right there isn't wrong. I mean, get up 4 o'clock in the morning, boys will be done by 9, 9.30, get all the stuff done on a beautiful day like today. I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Might play a little bit of golf, might be on the tee box by 11. Not really sure what's going to happen, but we'll find out. Morning Juice, Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel. Glad to be here with everybody in the morning. Hopefully, if you're going into work or you're working from home or whatever you're doing, I hope you are having a nice little start to your week. And, you know, Bob, I was just thinking about this, right? So I'm sitting here yesterday, and... Justin Fields releases that petition, right? And you can go and sign it. He's, it's on his his Twitter page, and I know you should go and sign it. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. It's over two hundred fifteen thousand signatures right now. I know that you know you have been very passionate about this on your Twitter page, and I know that a lot of people have been as well. I mean, we understand that. I mean, football is religion here in Columbus, and not only around Columbus, but in the entire state of Ohio. When you talk about Ohio State and not only what it means for the kids to be playing and the parents and being proud of their own kids and all this different stuff, but what it means to the economy and what it means to just, you know, basically every single person around the state has a tie-in to Ohio State football. The thing that I just, I really can't get over is the fact that I mean, Justin Fields releases this less than 24 hours ago. It's already over 215,000 signatures. We're creeping our way up towards a quarter of a million signatures. The one thing that I, I, I really can't wrap my head around, though, is the fact that all you're asking for is a choice. You're asked to make a choice. There's going to be information presented to you on every single thing, right, about the coronavirus. The players at Ohio State feel like they're in the safest place possible, and all they want is the choice to play. And they're not wrong by that in any sort of instance. And I do think that the Big Ten should go back and look at its decision, don't you? Yeah, I do. And, you know, being, you know, my former co host, Mr. Rothman, love movies. One of his all time favorites, Wedding Crashers. Sure. And I don't know if you remember at the end, uh, is it with uh, Owen Wilson gets up? He's like, I'm not asking you to marry me. I'm just asking you to not marry him. <laughs> Take a walk. Take a chance. You know, and I think that's what the parents are saying. Like, listen, we're not telling you, asking you to sign a blood oath to let our kids play 10 games. If you have information on why we, our kids shouldn't play and why this is going to be so terrible for them, like actual things other than just uncertainty, let us know. We would love to hear about it. Let us sit down at the table and explain this. Hey, here's what our doctor's saying. Here's this. Here's that. Here's some other data that may push back on that. But we're, we looked at all this and we thought it was the best decision. I'm not asking you to tell us to guarantee it. We're not asking for a blood oath for 10 games. Just try. Take a chance. See see what you're doing with our kids. Like Ohio State, you know, they had, had zero positives for a long time. Oklahoma, the same thing. And this is the irony of this is Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma had zero positive tests, I think, for like six weeks, seven weeks. 
they let their kids go back home, maybe four weeks, something like that. It had been a long time. Because you know why? The kids were responsible. They're doing what you're asking to do. She said, this is the only way you'll be able to play. Mm-hmm. So they're sacrificing something. This is why Justin Fields put out this petition. This is why the parents are doing the same thing. Because it, there was so much that they poured into this over the time of sacrificing their summer. And then Lincoln Riley lets his team go back home. You know, he gives them some time off. Eight guys come back and test positive. And it's because they're safer when they're doing all these things and they're being monitored and they're staying in their rooms and they're doing it responsibly. And so I talked to a friend of mine who, you know, we played college together at Ohio State and I'm like, think of this, like how upset you would be, especially like forget even just going into your senior summer, but any summer that you had, your coach said, Hey, I'm going to ask you guys to be adults here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you to sacrifice having fun, going to the pool parties, socializing with co-eds, hanging out with your friends, and you basically get to work out, eat, study, go home, sit there, watch Netflix, play on play video games, whatever, hopefully study some more, probably not happening, especially for Schlags. <laughs> but we're going to we're going to do some stuff. We're going to ask you to do all these things. And if you do it and you do it well, We'll be able to tell everybody, hey, you're responsible when you have a chance to do it. Almost every school, Schlegs did that. And then in the Big Ten, they're like, well, not good enough. Like, you, that's why they're so upset. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing, too, Bob, is we're kind of downplaying what being a student athlete at Ohio State could potentially do for a student athlete, right? I mean, I, I am a prime example of why – you know, this really bothers me of, of the situation that we have with the seniors that are on this team. Bob, you're a first round draft pick. AJ is a first round draft pick. Justin Fields, he's going to be a first round draft pick. You look at Joe Burrows last year without his senior year. Is he the first overall pick? Probably not. You look at Anthony Schlegel, right? Like I was a third round draft pick because I played in between two first round draft picks and we had five first round draft picks that year but it's not just even the fact of realizing your professional dreams and the ultimate goal of playing in the nfl it's what that allows for you to set up for the rest of your life right i mean i didn't necessarily play as long as i wanted but i was able to put a down payment on a house i was able to try to figure out my life after the game which a lot of people don't realize is very very difficult Mm -hmm. you get done playing football after five years everybody else has been in the workforce for five years now you're trying to go back and say, hey, listen, I need a job, I need an opportunity. Oh, it's going to be at the very bottom, right? But then I get a, then I come back and I'm a strength coach at Ohio State as an assistant. And then I go back and I get an MBA from the Fisher College of Business. And then I decide to get out of coaching. And like all these things happened because I was able to have my senior season. And when you start to take away that from the potential of that for student athletes, it's, I mean, it's difficult, and I look at that, and I look at the quality of life that I have now, and without that opportunity at Ohio State, what could have, you know, what would have been, right? So, one, I'm very grateful for that opportunity, but also I know just how important just playing ball is for all of them, especially living in Columbus, Ohio, and being a Buckeye and the things that these guys are going to do, regardless if they don't go to the NFL, right? It's an opportunity to build their brand and make their name their name known here in the community to go set themselves up for success in life. 
I think you guys hit on something incredibly important here. Like, it's not, in, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but it's not like there's a player on Ohio State or there's a player somewhere in the Big Ten who you've never heard of before who is starting up this petition because they want to play. I mean, I think you nailed it earlier in the show, Bob. Like, we're talking about Justin Fields here. There's not much for him to gain by playing a season. You know, I mean, he's going to be a, he's a top ten lock in the NFL draft. He's likely going to be a top five pick you would have to think and so there's not an entire amount to, to to gain for him really I mean you look inside of the Big Ten and the players who opted out before the season was canceled but you look at them it's like all right you know I got to protect myself I want to get into the NFL and all this stuff and that's fine that's that's your right and your decision to make but the wild thing is like you got Justin Fields over here who's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft he is pleading to play a season. I mean, this thing has 215,000 signatures. You pair that with the, I mean, with the letters that the parents associations are writing from Ohio State and a litany of different schools across the conference. Like, I don't know. Do you guys feel like this is actually going to at least force the Big Ten to, to come in and at least reconvene and meet again? Or do you feel like this is going to fall on deaf ears? Well, the amazing thing is, is social pressure now can be more easily applied due to social media. And so this is the only avenue that these parents have. Because they've, they've reached out, the players, they're trying to talk to the, you know, they're talking to their coaches, they're talking to their ADs, but, you know, it's falling on deaf ears when it comes to the presidents and obviously Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten. And so this is their way to do it. And like, if we scream loud enough and if they can get enough pushback, because here, here's the irony of this, like, the president's universities, most of these people, they're really not inherent leaders. They're academics that, you know, have kind of made their way through the college, uh, the college scene and have gotten promoted to a place where they have a lot of degrees and everybody likes them. And I've talked to Coach Tress about this up at Youngstein. He's like, it's almost impossible to, to manage this because yeah. nobody really wants to sacrifice anything. So like, you need a, a strong leader at the top. And most of the presidents of the universities, they're really not that. And they don't want to make a decision that may not be popular, but may be right. And so they always want to try to feel gauge the public wind, make sure that they're taking as little risk as possible with somewhat of a gain. But the ultimate irony of it, and this is why the NFL is going off and professional sports are happening, college sports aren't. It's not because the players are getting paid or not. It's because the owners and the players have a vested interest in playing because right. it's in everybody's financial best interest to do it. Kevin Warren's still making his salary this year. The ADs, the president, they're all still making their salaries this year. If they didn't have football, the the owners of the teams in the NFL, those guys wouldn't be making any money. And so their job was like, how can we do this as safe as we can and bring the players on board mm -hmm. so that it's better for them and we can get a consensus of how can we do this the right way? Yeah, absolutely, Bob. And the, the, the one thing about Kevin Warren and this entire situation is just, for me, and it's not like, it's not like a toddler screaming, right? Like I, I've heard this, like, you know, parents are, are screaming for their kids and rightly so, right? They have this opportunity. They want to go fight for him. And then you get a guy like Justin Fields and his platform and being able to utilize that to have a, not just his voice, but hundreds of thousands of voices along with him saying, Hey, we want this to happen. If so, I mean, if not, we want to know the why. Right. And I think that's very fair. We always talked about at Ohio State. Know your why. Right. So they want to know the why. But with him, with Kevin Warren in this entire situation, it just goes back to we also want to know what what is their reasoning behind it? Is it 
Is it the fact that we just want to, we want to protect the athletes? Is it monetary? Is it whatever the case may be? Just tell us. But I, the quarantine thing that we've all been dealing with, quarantining in my house looks very different than quarantining a house in some other location in, in Columbus, Ohio. And I think that's kind of what Bob was talking about. It's not directly impacting the president's and the big, the big 10 commissioner, it's impacting the student athletes. And where do they go from here? Do they go back to their homes? And the hardest thing too is as I'm looking at this as a coach and I had another coach from the big 10 share this information with me, but already this season, we've already lost three student athletes that were quarantined or excuse me, that were sent back home to their respective communities and were lost in a gun related incident right there. Now you have the, the suicide and, and kids one out of four have been thinking about this over this time. And so you put all those things together, that's not directly impacting the people that are making the decisions, but it's definitely impacting the student-athletes and their families. One Big Ten coach at least has a plan in place on what a spring season could look like. We'll share that with you next. It's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Get up, then get fired up. This is good. Get your hip flexors going, inner thigh, everything. This is Morning Juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and Schlegs. Back here on Morning Juice. Hopefully everybody is settling into their work day or whatever the hell you're doing on a Monday morning. Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel. Weekdays right here on The Fan, 6 to 9. Hopefully starting your morning the right way. So the thing I, I really can't wrap my head around with this entire cancellation of the Big Ten season, and I don't know, maybe you guys feel the same way, there there hasn't been any planning from the Big Ten. Like, everything to me has been so incredibly botched and just non-communicative and all these different things. And I, if you're going to cancel the season, okay, that's fine, but aren't you, aren't you supposed to have a plan in place? Aren't these supposed supposed to be over planners right i mean i don't i don't understand how there is no plan in place already even though if it's not the news that people want to hear about canceling a big 10 season wouldn't you have a plan b c d e f like in place and ready to go like what have you been doing the past five months bob well um sitting around hoping that everything would just get better and you know, praying that maybe everybody would just cancel with them. I think that was the ultimate plan that they had is if we cancel, we can somehow corner the Mac financially to where it's not viable for them anymore. Mm -hmm. And then we can use that as shelter. We can cancel. And then after we kind of have a straw poll on Sunday night, Kevin Warren's like tells everybody, quote, have a light practice, whatever that means. Cause if, if you're going out to practice, like you're practicing to win. This isn't this sure. isn't a situation like late in the year we're gonna have a walkthrough. Like this is real stuff, like a light practice. And then I'd been told that he basically tried to build a consensus among Power Five commissioners from you know Sunday to Tuesday or Monday to two, whatever it was, and realized that he wouldn't wasn't gonna be able to get that done. And the only school, the only conference, the Pac twelve, was the one that was gonna follow him. And then he, he really didn't know what to do at that point. And so that's what I think they were doing was, hey, cause here's the other thing too. Like the, the commissioner is supposed to be having like these, these, uh, conferences, conference calls like bi-weekly or weekly or something like that. And everyone's like, well, if you're having these calls, what were you talking about? Like, shouldn't you have been sharing best practices, trying to figure some stuff out? Hey, how about you call up the guys at the NFL? They spent a ton of money on this. Like the NFL, 
I've been told is over the like last four weeks to spend close to a hundred million dollars. Like <laughs> they've done tons of research on this. They've they've done all the legwork for you. Like I know this is like higher higher academics and higher ed, but like you can plagiarize their plan. They I don't think that they're gonna like do anything about it. And so I, none of that stuff happened. And then they're like, yeah, we'll postpone it to the spring. Well, what does that mean? They have a postpone and say, here's our spring plan. <laughs> They they just said that because you know what they don't really have a plan for that either. They don't know if it's going to be better. They don't know if it's going to be worse. There there's nothing that's telling them anything, and so it just drives me nuts. And like Schlegs touched on some of the the emotional and social impacts when you talk about kids taking away their sports and their opportunities and like what it does. I mean, it is insane. And so you're going to do all this stuff and delay it, and then say we'll delay it to spring. When? When are we going to start? Like the only people beam that are issuing stuff are the coaches. Like those are the people. They're they're not supposed to be doing this. They're supposed to be coaching teams. Not telling you when the timeline's going to be, but you don't see anybody else doing it. And that's the thing, right, Schlegs? I mean, you have to attack and dominate. It's not Jeff Brom's job, but obviously he sees something where he's like, you know what? The Big Ten hasn't given us a plan. We have had five months to try and create something. They did that with the schedule. They had a few built-in weeks. I don't know who came up with that. Athletic directors, commissioner, whoever. I don't even know. That seemed to be the only plan in place, but then less than seven days later, you ended up getting a canceled season. Jeff Brom is just taking things into his own hand and presenting something to the Big Ten and having a having a eight-game spring season and a ten-game fall season for next year. I mean, I don't know if that's the best way to go about things, but at least he's doing something, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, just talking with Brian Hartline at one point, right? It's like, we just want we just want a plan. We just want to know the why, right? Like, Hartline, like a year ago, I think, he got hit up with a, a violation because a mom texted his wife, right? So guess what? In one day, the NCAA was on him like, you know, like a fly on crap, right? Like, boom, here's your six week probation. But yet we can't even get, we can't even get some type of plan, right? And then we're going to delay it back to the spring. Well, what about the ramifications of recruit, you know, for recruiting, right? You got a, this juggernaut of Ohio state. Like, what about that? Now what? We're going to have 105 kids on our roster. How's that going to look when we're setting up other things? Can we not give that to Mark Pantone? But here's the thing. You can't because you're rust. You rush to this conclusion and shut it down six days after you release the schedule. So there is no plan, right? And I'm, I'm always of this proponent. I want a good plan executed violently today better than a great plan executed a week from now. The problem is they don't have a good or a great plan, right? And they all just sit down and, and put together these ideas of why they're finding ways to cancel as opposed to finding solutions to play. That is the problem, but that's also leadership. And I think that was that's the biggest thing, right? I mean, the whole time, Bob, I, I just I don't know who's making these yeah. decisions. There hasn't been any communication. I know that, you know, Gene can come out and say whatever he wants and he's in meetings with athletic directors, but is it their job? Is it the president's job? Is it someone on well, staff? Like who's making these decisions on actually putting a plan in place? Because to me it's 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 incredibly wild how you, you just hear nothing out of the entire conference. They cancel, they say, Hey, we're gonna come up with a plan later on, but I mean, you you literally have nothing so far to go on. We're gonna cancel and come up with a plan later on. That sounds like it's a great way to do things. That sounds and, like a plan. I mean, it, that really does. Like and that's what it's like. The past, oh gosh, I probably did two more shows on Saturday, two shows on Sunday. I mean, I've probably done 
four hours, five hours of radio, like not part of the three hours of daily radio that I've done over the last like four or five days. I mean, it's two or three hits before, two or three hits after. And then everybody I talked to, like, was there still a chance they play in the fall? Could they play in the spring? And I'm like, well, okay, well, let's see what the fall could hold. Like, let's look at some of the spring issues. What could be a potential issue there? And they're like, well, some of these guys are coming in early. Can they play? I'm like, well, that's a great question. Can they? Like, we're, we're making decisions and saying we can't do this, but the other option is nobody's really talking about, well, if we don't do this, there's a lot of other ramifications. So how do we mitigate those issues? Cause, you know, you have Jack Sawyer, who's one of the mm-hmm. top rated recruits in, Ohio, recruits in Ohio, if not the top guy, defensive end, big time five star dude out of Pick North. You know, he's not going to play this fall in high school. He's enrolling early and some, uh, some of the other guys are going to enroll early too. Well, if you play in the spring, are they able to play? And people are like, yeah, that's great. Like, do they get the same year of eligibility well, if they play in the spring and the fall? Does that count as one? Does that exactly. count as two? Like, what are we doing here? Well, exactly. Does spring count as one? Is fall as two? You have expanded scholarships. What are you doing with those guys? Like, there's a litany of questions that when they said play in the spring, like, oh yeah, we'll just play in the spring. Like, carry the same roster. That's not how it works. Time isn't standing still. And true detective taught me time's a flat circle, but <laughs> in real life, it's not. Things continue to move. Things continue to happen, and it's impacting other people's lives. So you've got to figure out how you're going to do this and how you're going to navigate it. And making one decision without thinking about, well, this handles the potential risk in this fall. Okay, well, now that opened up a whole nother box of issues that we've got to open up here in the spring and try to handle. So no one thought about that. We'll just cancel it and figure it out later, which is probably the worst, worst way Schlegs, you could ever do something. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. And this is what I love about Coach Brom, right? High GSF, all right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, give a crap factor, but substitute the C <laughs> for a word that starts with an S, okay? So everybody, yes, use that, right? Because that's how I look at people. Like, what's your GSF? But here's the deal. The guy just came up with a plan. Now, the thing is, and it's very methodical. You should go look it up on social, or I'll try to find it and, and, and share it with you. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you in the next segment. All right, dude. It. It's it's co- it's color coordinated. Like I mean, this guy put some mm. some time, energy, and effort into it. But here's the biggest thing about it, right? So we move things to the spring. I mean, I was just thinking an eight game schedule. That's forty plus practices and pads. You, if, in order for us to play in the spring, you can't play in the spring. You gotta play in the winter. But guess what? We live in the Midwest. Well, it's pretty daggum cold in January in the Midwest. Go to Iowa. Let's play Iowa January 9th. Guess what? It's gonna be about 15 below zero and the wind's gonna be blowing sideways because it's flat and it's gonna be super cold. That's not really the environment that we want to play in, but you're gonna have to start preparing for that. In November. And why do I say that? Because they need, they need to have a buffer between the draft for guys to get healthy, to go get ready for the combine, to get drafted. But still we're going into, again, we have all these things about CTE and player safety and the things that we're doing and pad of practices and not. But now we're going to combine two seasons as one for these guys as opposed to playing through it, playing through this pandemic. It doesn't make any sense to me. But again, it goes back to what Bob said. Hey, you know what? I just hope that this all plays out. We'll come up with a plan, and we'll just postpone it because I don't think they're going to have a spring or winter season. I think we'll just have lost this season, and that's an absolute travesty to these young men that are that are trying to play a game that they love. I'll share Jeff Brom's plan with you next. Also, students are moving back on campus at Ohio Ooh. State, and it is one giant cluster. <laughs> Details on that next. It's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Live, local, loud, very loud. 
Back here on Morning Juice. Hopefully everybody is settling into their week quite nicely. So we were just talking about Jeff Brom's proposed plan and how the Big Ten hasn't come out and said anything since they canceled the football season. Like, just nothing. So, you know, their give-a-crap factor, as I know my co-host Anthony Schlegel likes to say, is pretty low, it seems. But Jeff Brom, who is leading the charge for the Purdue Boilermakers, he came up with a plan. So here was the basic structure of his plan. So a spring season that would be played between February 27th and April 17th. That would be an eight-game season and then followed by a ten-game fall season. So it says right here. I mean, Schlegel's like you pointed out in the last segment. It's even color-coded. The guy knows how to do that. It's fantastic to see. So on Saturday January 16th between January 29th, which is two weeks. It's a two-week training camp build-up six weeks prior to game one. 16-hour week, four days a week, eight hours of strength and conditioning, four hours of walkthrough, and four hours of meetings and film. After that, you get the ramp-up. You get a four-week training camp from January 30th to February 26th. Saturday, February 27th through April 17th, you have an eight-game season with no bye weeks. Between that, May 21st to May 15th, you will have the Big Ten Championship. Championship, Rose Bowl, or 14 playoff, and plan B, it's at a 16 playoff, Power 5 conferences champs, plus one wild card, or the top two seeds have round one bye. But you get my point here. Jeff Brom at least is being thorough with this. It's not his job to do this for the entire conference. I don't necessarily love all this, but I applaud him for just doing something and getting off his own ass and just, I mean, making something happen. Don't you guys? Yeah, I think it's good. Um, you put out there, the problem is like there's a number of issues with this. And believe me, I wasn't asking Jeff Brom to be perfect. Right. Putting out, but he, yeah, no hey, way. Just give me something, like something to work with. That's, you know, when you're, you're brainstorming, you're trying to figure out ideas, like someone has to have the first idea to write up on the whiteboard. May not be a good idea, but at least it's an idea. And you can figure out what's good about it or what's bad about it. And then you make the second idea and you begin to iterate and move through this and find things in the process. I, I, I don't hate this here, but there's weather factors that are going to come into play. But even if you can just control all that, let's say you just play them all on, in the, in neutral sites and you play them in Big Ten footprints in Detroit and Minnesota, you know, where they have domes and they can handle everything, uh, or in Indy as well. And like those are the three sites you kind of roll stuff around there. Like you're going to have to get the NFL on board. Now I know the NFL is willing to do, like willing to try to help because the college, college football, you know, it benefits the NFL greatly. They give them polished, marketable products, and the NFL loves the fact that they're getting guys who have name recognition. They come in, they're ready to play, and you don't have to pay for a minor league, uh, a minor league team. And so, the NFL is incentivized to want to try to do this and want to try to move forward and help college football. So I could see them moving the combine some. I could see them moving the draft some. I don't know if they would be able to move things as dramatically as this schedule would ask them to do it. I think you could probably slide the combine back into April. You could probably, with the CBA, you can have the way it's written, you can have the draft, I believe, all the way up to the first week of June. Now, after that, the NFL would then have to go to the PA, NFLPA and get their approval to move it, which I don't know why they wouldn't approve it because it would only be better for the veteran players if rookies are coming in later and later. But I think you could maybe push this, but it's it's a lot, Schlegs, and you can talk about this, to ask guys 
when you're talking about health and pl- player health and safety, it's a lot to ask them to do all of these things. And then, you know what, by the time you're done, you know, you take a couple of weeks off, you know, working out, lifting weights, and then you go back into another season after some of these teams will be finishing up the second week of May. That's on the college level. Some of those guys will then be going to an NFL training camp and fighting for their job of trying to fulfill their dream of playing in the NFL. And so there's a number of hurdles that have to be overcome and obstacles. Not that they can't and not that they're insurmountable. Oh, and by the way, all of this that we're talking about here because he's got, you know, a 16 playoff, you know, 14 playoff, different things, or all these different opportunities to develop a champion. That is also implicitly implying that the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 aren't going to be able to play this fall. Like, you have to have someone to play those championships, or else you just play the Rose Bowl, and that's the spring champion between the Pac-12 and Big 10 championship legs. Yeah, absolutely. And why are we playing? We're playing to win championships, not just necessarily the Big 10. So what, it's going to be the Big 10 and the Pac-12, and we just show up and we get a ring? Right, kind of like we did in twenty twelve. We you know show up and get rings. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like now every time you go to a dadgum, uh, you know, travel baseball tournament, they're throwing rings out now instead of like medals. I'm like, what? Anyways, let's go back into this. All right, so <laughs> as I'm as I'm looking at this and looking at from the standpoint of a college coach and and what Jeff Brom did here. Hey, Big Ten commissioner and 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 his board, right? Whoever is making these decisions, it's called a whiteboard. Lock yourself into a room, get on the whiteboard, I've and seen develop yours. a plan. It's quite yeah, impressive. You see, it's amazing, right? It's whiteboards all over the place, and you know they're probably not going to have you know their buddies come in and draw you know male body parts and stuff all over it, right? They're probably a little bit more professional. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was Just waiting walk. when the first one was going to come. It's actually it's it's much longer than I anticipated. That was so the, what was the over under of, of talking about people drawing male <laughs> stuff on the on your whiteboards? Anyways. Um, that being said, like I, I look at this, and Bobby's absolutely correct, and you could utilize the NFL stadiums. And let's think about it. I mean, Detroit Lions, are they could probably going to be in the playoffs? Probably not. How about the Colts? Probably not. How about Minnesota Vikings? Sorry, Rothman. Probably not. So guess what? They got domes, and so we can just we could utilize those as those as the stadiums. But I think you got to go back and you got to start in November. But again, with this plan, then is what about the times that we already get to practice? Can we do a, an abbreviated? you know, uh, two-week kind of spring football right now. But again, I just love the fact that Jeff Brom sat down, probably had his entire staff there and said, hey, guys, let's come up with a solution because we're the only ones that are doing it. And that's the other thing with our parents. The parents are saying, you know what? Nobody's asking these questions. We're going to stand up for our kids and also for the university and the coaches because it's reciprocal. they got a great relationship with the coaches, and the coaches have a great relationship with them. And it's not like the coaches aren't going to get paid. They want to, they want to coach the kids, right? That's what they want. That's why you coach to serve our student athlete. That's the best part of coaching is watching your kids succeed mm-hmm. that you're coaching. So it's like parents are getting involved. The, the players themselves are getting involved. The coaches are, are backing their players and coming up with data and coming up with solutions. But the leaders of the Big Ten are not. And that is inherently the problem. And that's why I also think it's not feasible for us to have a spring or a winter, uh, you know, football schedule, because again, what are you playing for? And just like these high profile, I think there's four or five now for Ohio State that are opting out of their senior season in high school to come in and roll early. That's what you're going to see across the landscape of the Big Ten. You've already seen it, the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I mean, what is Justin Fields? I know Justin Fields loves his teammates, or he wouldn't be fighting this hard for him. 
right? But what, what is there for them to gain? Mm-hmm. The Chris Olaves, the Sean Wades, right? The Justin Fields of the world for them to play in starting in Jan- at January 30th to then go get drafted. What is it doing for them? They already know. Right, so now you're going to have mm-hmm. those guys leaving, and that's really inherently the problem. Because for me, as a fan, I want to see the 2020 Buckeyes play. Why? Because I think it's the most talented we've had had here since 2015. But they're hungry, and I want to watch it. Well, and real quick, Beam, I know we got to get out, but the one thing that it wasn't built in here in Brahms' plan, like there's no asterisk to where asterisk to where I saw um, coronavirus retired at the end of 2020. Uh, long vaccine was developed. <laughs> sure. Um, like my, uh, myocarditis was secured. Like there was none of these things in here. Like all this stuff they're saying is, Hey, we'll play in the spring. Well, do you have a plan for any of this other stuff? Like that's assuming all these other things go away. Oh, and by the way, you're going to tell me that the guys are going to be able to train Barry Alvarez 20 hours a week mm-hmm. throughout the fall, even though you don't want them together. So. A lot of, a lot of mitigating factors that they've got to overcome. I give him a lot of applause for actually, you know, coming up with something. Is it perfect? No, but I mean, he, he actually did something and that's un- unlike something that we've seen out of the conference anyways. All right. Coming up next, we'll let you, we'll let you know what has us juiced for the day. It's morning juice right here on the fan. Big dudes, bigger opinions. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter and Anthony Schlegel. Back here on Morning Juice. Hoping everybody is having a nice little start to their week. So when we were getting together and we were, you know, talking about what we wanted to do on the show, obviously we want to inform people, we want to entertain people, and hopefully we just make your day a little bit better. But Schlegs, you came up with this idea, and each day at this here time, we are going to talk about something good that has us juiced for the day. So Shark, here's what's got us juiced. What's got you juiced? Sponsored by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. I'll let you start, Schleich, since this was your idea and your baby. What's got you juiced here today on a Monday, bud? Yeah, I mean, really, as we were thinking about this, is really about, you know, sports and stuff like that. But, I mean, again, the morning juice, we want people walking into their offices ready to attack and dominate high GSF, encouraging people being juice givers, not energy vampires. That's how this happened, right? So, so basically, I mean, I'm leading this off right now. I've known a little girl named Ellie Baylor. She's been battling a, a brain tumor. They went in, they got, um, you know, a lot of it. They, she had chemo, but then it started to grow. So they went back in a second time. This is two years later now. And the doctor got the whole dadgum thing, right? And as you go and live life on life with people and then you hear stuff about this, like that gets you juiced right there. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, just wanted to lift them up and say, that's what this is all about, man. It's all about living in the moment. Life is lived in the heartbeats. This got me juiced today. Carp. That's good. You know, and, uh, one of the other things you always want to pull in and Schleich's going to attest to this and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about it too. And we'll get, we'll get into this as kind of the show goes over and kind of develops and takes on its own life and personality. It's an organic, uh, organic situation. It's always going to grow and going to change. You know, the first hour is the road of the day, Schlegs. I mean, that you get that from quiet time with Coach Tress. Absolutely. So I, I literally had something that I was going to get, uh, about getting juiced and we'll probably hit that in the re-rack here coming up at eight, but. I always go every day, and I used to do it from noon to three because that was when I was on with Rothman. And I'd always run through a multitude of CDC sites, 
the Johns Hopkins site about, you know, the testing, the tracking and all this stuff. And if you go to the John Hopkins, they have this daily state by state testing trends. You can do it for the entire country. You can do it for each individual state. They have all the positive tests and then they have the seven day moving average. And the goal is always to have it below 5%. They say that's when you're, you're in a much, you're in a good situation, you're in a good place for the seven day moving average. And for the first time in a number of days, Ohio finally got below. It finally hit 4.9, and it's been a while since it was in the four. So it got me super fired up to see that because I was looking. I'm like, all right, it's 5.1, 5.0, whatever. And then this morning, boom, 4.9, trending the right way, going in the right direction. That's what's happening in a lot of places. So Ohio getting it done, doing a good job. It's been handled for the most part really well across the state, but it got me so fired up to see that today to finally drop below that 5% testing seven-day moving average threshold that it got me juiced, man, because it was something they really got me going this morning. So, Beam, what, what do you got for us today? Yeah, I think it's good, Bob. I mean, obviously, you want to hit these benchmarks, right? And as we're presented with the challenge of the coronavirus thing, it's all about getting you know those testing numbers down and below the five percent. It's fantastic to see that we're this. But I saw this yesterday, and like I'm an emotional sports fan. Like I don't, yes. I don't. It doesn't matter. Like I'll, I'll have a good cry every now and again. Huh. Like sometimes you just Put gotta it let out. it. So yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just gotta let them flow. All right. So I saw this yesterday where Alex Smith was cleared by the Washington football team to play. NFL, I mean, NFL games again. I don't know if he's going to start now with a Dwayne train there in Washington, but from what he went through to almost losing his leg and that being a life-altering play where he could have lost his life as well, not only his career, but to see him back and to see him work incredibly hard to actually be cleared for football activities again, that really made me juiced, man, because, I mean, that hit was just, it was ferocious, it was it was disgusting, and to see him battle his way back to be able to play football again really got me juice. And I think it was, it's a remarkable comeback from him. That's awesome, Beam. Because it's, it, dude, you're talking about a guy that not only was battling to play, yeah. was battling to save his leg and also battling to live. And so that's juice that needs to be sprayed everywhere. So I'm glad you showered Slags and I with some of that morning juice today. <laughs> Absolutely. That, the juice we're all juiced up. Yeah, we're all juiced up for the jackets. I mean, 2 o'clock coverage right here on the fan. 3 o'clock puck drop from, I guess it's a home game in the bubble today, but... Doesn't it doesn't really matter, but Carp, I also know that you're juiced about something the NFL is putting on the pads today. We'll get into all of that next as we hit you with the re-rack. It's morning juice right here on the fan. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars, Lindsay makes the difference. Visit LindsayHonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The fan. Good morning, I'm Mark Dishark. Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields has started a petition requesting that the Big Ten reinstate the 2020 football season. The petition has more than 200,000 signatures. Fields tweeted yesterday that this cause is close to his heart and urged people to sign. The Big Ten last week said there will be no football this fall in the conference. The Blue Jackets suffered a 3-2 loss to Tampa Bay on Saturday night. The Lightning lead two games to one in that first-round Stanley Cup playoff series. With Game 4 set for this afternoon, Columbus managed just seven shots combined in the second and third periods of that latest loss. Face-off is 3 o'clock today on the fan. The Indians finally got their offense going yesterday, outscoring the Tigers 8-5. Francisco Lindor had two doubles, a homer, and three RBIs. Framil Reyes hit two home runs. The Reds-Pirates game was postponed due to a Cincinnati player contracting the coronavirus. 
Breaking sports news when it happens on the fan. Wake up and smell the smelling salts. This is Morning Juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and Schlags. Hour number three here on Morning Juice. Hopefully everybody is settling in to their Monday morning early. I didn't have any smelling salts today, but Schlags, I mean, what are... What what number monster are you on? How many cups of coffee? Carp, you too. I mean, what's our uh, what's going to be our our thing? How many? How much? How much caffeine have you ingested this morning, Schlegs? <laughs> well, normally I'm working out, so it's like a pre workout, some BCAs and stuff, and then heavy doses of iron. You know, it gets me rolling until I pop my first monster. But yeah, this morning <laughs> I woke up with a you know a solid cup of Joe, and then popped a monster, and then popped one on the radio, and then now I'm on my second cup of coffee, so I'm doing good. So about nine oh one. Right, I'll probably have to crank back up, but yeah, I'm doing great right now. I mean, you carp. What's your what's going to be your morning routine? Because right now I'm on cup of coffee number three for the day. See, that's what I try. Here's I don't drink a lot of caffeine, and so I like to be able. You know, I always say caffeine's like the jockey, man. It's like the whip. I don't want to go to it all the time because <laughs> if you're always going to it, then it's not as it's not as impactful anymore. And so I, I only use it when I really need it. I've never really been a huge morning coffee guy. If I drink it, I drink it, you know, straight black. Um, and Schlegs has got a multitude of jokes, you know, about how I take my coffee and, and what that means about my life. But, um, <laughs> there's, uh, I started drinking when I played in the NFL and I watched some of the older dudes and I coffee and athletics to me never went together. Like there was, I, there was, I always agreed with that too. I'm like, that seems weird to me. It, it does, and it never went. And I'd watch the old dudes come in, and they'd be drinking coffee, and then just go out and practice. And then, especially when we would have early games, the guys would drink it in the morning. I'm like, everything my coaches always told me: coffee's bad, it's a diuretic, it's this and that, and it's not going to help you. But I started thinking about. It, I'm like, well, would I rather take some supplements or something, or? Would I rather, uh, would I rather have some nice, like, coffee? Which I'm like, oh, and I don't want to put, like, cream and sugar in it. Like, that, that's just going to water down. Like, I'm just going to drink this stuff straight black. I'll put, like, an ice cube in it to cool it down. And I started drinking it before our early games. And then I started drinking it before the night games and before everything. And so, instead of being, um, like my guy, Kyle Vandenbosch, who I played with in Detroit, who would drink two five hour, five hour energies at, before the game and then drink two five-hour energies at halftime. 20-hour energy. Well, and I said, does that <laughs> give you double the energy for five hours or does it give you 10? You know, is it concurrent and like multiplicative or is it sequential? And so he's like, I don't know. It just makes me go. And so I would just drink the coffee instead. And so I've had one cup. I had it at seven. Woke up, got a run beforehand. Like that got me That's juiced up a little pretty bit. Pretty damn strong for well, me. Well, I mean, I was like, it'll, it'll force me to get going, man. Like it, it's going to drag me out of bed and force me to do something. So get, got about a mile and a half in. I'm going to start trying to get two miles in in the morning in the pitch black darkness. Like I literally <laughs> almost ran into a parked car because there, there's no lights on our streets and I'm running and they come out of nowhere. It's you know, you your eyes are like half a car right there. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> it really did. It really did because there's no lights on it like at least the car is driving hopefully the person could see me and i could at least see them i could jump in the grass but i literally almost got picked off by the side view so <laughs> that's just kind of how it was going your fault but, for running well exactly yeah exactly <laughs> <My guys. laughs> you, like, <laughs> you like that hey i got it's the only thing that gets me going man like I that and lifting i did some yeah. bridges this morning schlags did some core work i feel like i'm pretty locked in for the day if only we could have like body tempered and just you know mm. had some heavy what's today what would today normally be chest or leg day 
Like that. Yeah, Monday, just some heavy like back that. squats. That's what you like. I, I get it. Yeah, here, here's the thing, though. You guys got to get on this Americano deal because, like, when I was trying to gain I weight, I love a good Americano. It's yeah, delicious. when I was trying to get this is this is you know athletes like my dad had this thing is like lift, eat big, sleep big, train big to get big. Like mm. that was my entire thing growing up. I wrestled and I needed to put on some weight, so you got to lift and all this stuff. So when you eat right, like we had this thing when I was in high school, like the less you chew, the more you could eat because I'm not wearing out my Jaw muscles, right? So I can just stuff it all, you know, stuff it down. Suck it yeah, down. Exactly. I, know, I, know. I, I caught myself because that's going to be a clip. My, my that one is walked, recorded. <laughs> that one's it. It's on the airways. But hey, here's the deal, though. If you get an Americano, you're like, hey, I just want four shots. That's like four cups of coffee in one cup of coffee. That's amazing. That's a heck of a deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it really is. I just love that you said it's like four cups of coffee and one cup of coffee. I know, it's all the same amazing, thing. It's right? fine. Yeah. Quadruple the juice. So it's a, it's good stuff. But all right, Shark, let's hit a re-rack. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Obviously, the Justin Fields petition to everybody can go and sign it. It's up over 218,000 signatures last. Um, yeah, it hasn't even been 24 hours yet. So go and sign that, and hopefully this spurs a little bit of change. You Obviously, you had the Ohio State's Parents Association come out and send out a letter to the Big Ten asking to, for them to just look at the entire decision again. I just hope this ultimately ends up with something happening, even if it is you know, boys, just the president's meeting again or the athletics directors or whoever just taking another look at it. I think we were all upset about it. There's no doubt about that. If you're listening to this radio station, you were upset about it that they can't play. But I don't understand why you couldn't kick the can down the road a little bit farther. I really don't. Oh, delay, try to figure out, get some more information, continue to move forward. Hey, talk to Ohio State, talk to Michigan, talk to some of the schools that are doing it right. Their student athletes are quarantining. They're staying away from the general population. They're not going out. They're not running around. They're not hurting their fingers, swiping right on Twitter so many times. Um, you know, <laughs> they're actually doing things to, to keep them away from other people and not put them in dangerous situations. And like, let's lean on them. Meanwhile, we're moving all the student or students onto campus right now, which has been somewhat of a disaster. With if you're living in a oh, it's dorm, a mess. What, it's a requi- mess. Yeah, what the requirements would be. I was reading this article from you know our sister sa- station, Channel Ten, over there. You know the the headline: Ohio State student says COVID nineteen testing messaging is quote threatening to say the least. <laughs> Long lines at Ohio State on Friday led to student confusion. Like. There was a thing coming out. If you don't complete the testing, you'll lose access to your residence hall. You'll be violating the student code of conduct. They can kick you out like you get evicted. But then, then someone they, said like, hey, you know what? It's all voluntary. And then like, it's you'll all be fine. Like, what, do exactly. I, what am I doing here? <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the type of consistent messaging we're looking for, being like, it's mandatory until someone really asks and then it becomes voluntary. So what exactly are we doing? It, it's just utter insanity. So put together a plan, figure it out. And try to move forward. And, and if you don't have a, you don't, no one has to say the plan has to be perfect now, but you can tailor it and move it around. That was the point of releasing the schedule is it gave you flexibility and some leeway. And then all of a sudden you just crap on it and throw it away and put it in the trash and say we're done. So everybody's massively disappointed. And to your point, you know, hopefully it does something. I don't know if it'll do anything for this season. I hope it does. Mm-hmm. I can't promise you that, but I do know that the harder you push on things, 
the more you're able to get things done in the future. You're able to get people, the people who really matter need to get seats at the table to be able to push. So in the event that there's anything that somewhat resembles what's going on right now, the players will have a say in determining their own future because they're the ones who are taking all the risk and playing. Yeah, exactly. And I think Schlegs, that's all that they're asking, right? I mean, you're the ones taking the risk. Ohio State and other schools in the Big Ten that want to play football, they are presenting you with all of the, the, the risk factors and giving you all the information that they have. Ultimately, it should be up to the player and the parents to decide whether or whether or not they want to be involved in a season, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Just like if you go in for a surgery, right? They're going to say, hey, I mean, Take, take my body, for example. Like, my left hand can reach, like, three inches taller than my right hand. So I go in there, and it's like, hey, Schlegs, here's what we could do. You continue to do what you do, right? And we could do some rehab, or we're going to go in, and we're going to fix it. And you'll probably have full range of motion. Then I would contemplate it for about a minute, and I'd say, you know what? I'm going to ride till the wheels fall off. Tack and dominate, right? <laughs> and that's how I'm going to do it, right? And all of a sudden, my shoulder's just going to fall out of place. I'm like, hey, Doc, time to fix it. Hopefully, I'm dead by then. But that's <laughs> that being said, like, they just want to know the why. Right. Why do they come up to this decision? And really, honestly, and I just found this on Football Scoop, and I'll post it later, but again, the vote came out 8-6, to six, mm-hmm. right? And I'm looking here on this thing, and for me, the one thing that I don't want a cancellation to be about is politics. But, however, there are, uh, well, let's see, six states that aren't playing football that also possess eight of the universities that decided that they're not playing football. Sure. And there's five states that say we are playing football, and of those, six people voted that we are. And so I I just don't want it to be that reasoning, and I also don't want it to be that, oh, we came to a hasty decision based upon myocarditis that's been around. We've, we, If you're in the sports profession like I was, like we know those symptoms. We know what those are. We've been dealing with this for quite some time. And so they should have looked at the broad landscape of athletics across the globe and said, you know what? Guess what? We came out and we were hasty on this decision and we're going to reevaluate it and we're going to move forward and we're going to come up with a plan. But the good thing is, guess what? The parents put on there an ultimatum and a, and a hard stop on August yeah. 19th. So guess what? We got two days. We just start a countdown clock, just like we do for every time we beat that team up north. <laughs> like on the website, is, exactly. That's yeah, what we need to do. The countdown 4, clock 000. to the decision that's going to be made by the Big Ten. So let's it's go. A, it's, exactly. It's a fascinating situation. Who knows if anything's going to come of it, but you got to applaud them, you know, the parents and the players and the effort that this is getting and just them trying to do anything that they can within their own power to try and get this decision, you know, overturned. But Carp, I know that you're juiced about this. I am Schlegs. You are too. Today in the NFL, I mean, we got training camps all over the place, but they're putting the pads on today and are going full contact I think no matter what, come hell or high water in a couple of weeks, the NFL is playing football. Like, it's just, that's going to happen. That's going to be one thing that's definitely going to happen. No, it's great. And I saw this Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network tweeted this out, and it's like, today, most NFL teams will have their first padded practices of training camp with media present, cameras rolling, and a very strange year, it will look almost normal and feel almost normal and that's a good thing. So that is fantastic, the fact that they're going to go ahead and do it, you're going to see what happens. There's been some high, high schools around Ohio. Some of them have been in that stage where they have been able to put on pads. And I said, this is going to be great. Let them play. See what happens. Keep testing them. Hopefully in a week they'll be like, hey, no big deal. Nothing to see here. We can continue to move on. Maybe there are some cases, some spikes. We'll figure out a way to mitigate that. If we have to shut it down, you ultimately have to do that. But I love the fact that you're finally getting to a point where you're actually going to try to play the sport of football and see how it works. 
and do it in a safe and responsible way and then continually analyze, are we doing it the right way? But the fact the NFL is doing that, high school football has done that, like awesome to see. It gives me hope that there is some something left in society that we're willing to try something that, you know what, there might be some risk, but we'll mitigate it as best we can just to keep the normalcy of what's going on and to do what's best for the parties that are involved if they want to do it. So awesome to see this NFL getting back into the saddle, which means you're getting close. I mean, normally it's the Labor Day launch for college football. It's going to be the week after, the Thursday after that for the NFL. And I can't wait because it's getting close because I want to see some football this year. I do too, man. And I know that you're the same way, Schlegs. Like, it's going to just feel like a godsend when you have that first football game on TV. I don't care if it's, you know, high school level, at the college level, NFL level. Like, it's going to feel like a big deal when the season kicks off this year. Yeah, absolutely, man. The road goes on forever and the party never ends. Like, I, the one thing I love about, about football is yes. the physicality and the contact. Like, that's all I care about, right? So with these guys getting back at it, um, and, and for me, watching pro football, like I was never a, a, a guy that really liked one particular team. I mean, growing up, I liked the Cowboys and I liked the Bears because of Dick Buckus and I'm from Dallas. But being said, like, now as an adult, I just like watching my guys. Like I, I can't wait to watch John Simon and Nate Ebner and, yeah. and Corey Lindsley and, and Zeke and Michael Todd. Like I can't wait to watch them play because they love playing the game of football and I know them. Like that's how I look at it. So for them to be able to get out there and have the opportunity and all, not only that though, show our country that guess what, man, I'm not going to be held hostage out of fear. I got hope. I'm going to do everything that's going to be required of me. I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to go out there and, and play the game I love. Attack and dominate. Some big-time high school talent is sitting out there senior seasons. How will that affect their eligibility heading into next year? We'll give you details on that next. It's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Protein shakes and energy drinks. The breakfast of champions. This is Morning Juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and Schlags. Back here on Morning Juice. Lovely day here in Columbus that we got in central Ohio. Whether you're driving to work or hanging out at home or getting your kids ready for school or eating breakfast or whatever, hopefully your day is starting off the right way. So, Schlegs, you just got the setup, right? Bob and I have been doing the shows from home for about five months now. Where are you doing the show from in your house? Yeah, so uh, we have a little office. And uh, unlike T-Bone just sitting under the, the stairs of his house. with Harry a, Potter world. Harry Potter T-Bone style a with a candle. From. Um, you know, I'm in our office and, uh, my wife's back at work. And so I'm just running the show from here, but my hardest thing is like, you know, what do I do with my hands? Like I'm talking to this mic. Should I walk around with it? You know, like I, I literally, I should just film myself doing this because I'm like looking all over the place. And sometimes I'm standing up and I'm just talking into it, uh, like a, like a madman. But yeah, it's, it's a good little setup and kids are probably still sleeping or just getting up and they know what's going down. So yeah, it's good. Perfect. I like it. Well, that's like fantastic. It. So we're working from home still, but these are our fan studios, and they are sponsored by Lindsay Honda. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. You can visit them online at lindsayhonda.com. So this was this came out last week. So Jack Sawyer, who is obviously one of the best players, not only here in central Ohio, but in the country, is an Ohio State commit for next year. He just tweeted something out on Friday that says, you know, thankful for the awesome three years playing for Pickerington North. See you soon. Hashtag Buckeye Nation. He said, after extensive discussion with my parents, Parents and coaches regarding the uncertainty of his high school football season and the probability of a spring collegiate season, I have decided to focus on training and preparation for my early enrollment at Ohio State. I want to thank my coaches, teammates for their support throughout this difficult decision. I would imagine, you know, to both of you guys, like 
that's got to be an incredibly, incredibly tough decision to make because here we are. I mean, you know, we're only a couple of weeks away from the high school season starting up. This is a, everything that he's worked towards his entire career. We understand that he is going to be great here at Ohio State. He'll be in the next line and the, you know, the lineage of, of unbelievable pass rushers to come through these halls. But I mean, passing up your senior season in high school, boys, this is, you know, I mean, you, Depending on how long Jack Sawyer's been playing football, this could be first, second grade. Like you've been playing with these dudes for, you know, sometimes 10, 12 years when it's all said and done. Like that's not a decision that you can take very lightly, is it, Bob? No. And, and what's interesting here is, is the way it's set up in Ohio. And I was talking to my dad about this and, you know, and he's still coaching down at Lancaster. I think thankfully they're still on like level four, level three, whatever it is, like the highest level you can be in as far as being able to practice because when you had positive tests, like then you have to go back and like reset to level one where you're, you know, doing more potted practices and there's no pads or anything and like ratcheting up. And then you, you know, you have to have your, your acclimation days and there's all these different processes. And so I have no idea where Pickerton North's at right now. Like every school is in, in different, uh, in a different stage. And, you know, the plan in Ohio was, Okay, we're going to play six games the way they're doing it here in mm-hmm. Ohio, in Columbus and the OCCs. You're going to play like your six league games. Everybody gets a seventh game. That's a playoff. And then you move forward. And you know what? If you lose a game, you lose in the first or second round of the playoffs and you want to schedule another game or two against a team that's out, like they said you can do that. And so it's just going to be a really weird year. But for some of these schools, like you get behind the eight ball because you haven't been able to practice. You haven't been able to do anything. And so I can see where Jack Sawyer's coming from with this. Because if you're, if your team's not in a good spot, like you're ultimately playing to win. And if you don't feel like, you know, you're put in a position where you're able to prepare to win in a responsible way, like these guys now, they look at the long-term ramifications. They look at that in a much bigger, uh, in a much bigger, picture than they ever did before. And so I understand his his uh decision in this. It would have been really tough. I loved playing high school football. I love my mm-hmm. senior season to be able to sit, sit out and not go through with that, but you know all these guys you have to look at it individually and figure it out and part of it is heck they're talking about potentially playing in the spring. So are you supposed to ask him to play fall spring fall if that's the case? Like no one really knows how it's going to operate. So because of all the uncertainty you know, he's taking this route, and I don't necessarily blame him for it, Schlegs. Yeah, I absolutely um, don't blame him. And, it, it, again, it goes back to he has a choice, right? So, you know, looking at it in this season and the uncertainty of it and not being able to have a hard line like here's how we're going to go and then also not necessarily understanding fully of what, you know, the cases that Pick Central has and, and where they are in their phases – 100% makes sense because again, he wants to go and, and further his career and not everybody has that second best option that they can do that, but he does. And so that goes into the other thing too of the NCAA and what are they going to do is if they're able to come in in the spring, is it like a two for one? I can play in the spring and I can play in the fall and that still counts as one credited season because I've only been in school basically for two semesters. Right. So what does that look like? But again, we have crickets because nobody has a plan and they have poor leadership. So one, I don't fault him at all for doing this. But two, I definitely want answers because this is something that that we're fake. We have four Buckeyes, potentially five. I don't remember what the total number is of kids that are coming in and rolling in early. Well, what does that do from a eligibility standpoint and also from a scholarship standpoint that we're able to carry should we not play this season? That goes back to your point, Bob. Like, this is how it's been. doesn't mean it always has to be that way. But now we're going to have a backlog of recruits and commits at Ohio State, whereas, guess what? 
They're not going to have that in the other three conferences that are that are continuing to play. And that will push Ohio State behind the eight ball when it comes into recruiting future classes. I think, you know, you guys are touching on something important here because it's it's unlike anything we've seen before. And we know that and we understand that. But I think, you know, Anthony, you you bringing up that point, like, let's just imagine in a world, right, where the SEC is playing, the Big 12 is playing, the ACC is playing. Okay, you get those three Power Five conferences. Like, if somehow, some way, they manage to make it to the end of the season, I know that all three of us here on the show are cheering for that to happen. I don't want that to be taken away from those kids. But if that happens and they're on a totally different schedule than the Big Ten and the Pac-12, like, that thing is going to be an, an absolute disaster. It's going to be a total mess. And and so I'm with you on that. Like skipping your high school season, if you're gonna, if there's plans to play in January, like I know that Evan Pryor, he's from North Carolina. Travion Henderson, who's from Virginia, they've already canceled fall sports, and so they they know they're sitting out because they're gonna enroll early. But if you get on two different timetables here and two different tracks, like it, it's gonna be a, a big time disaster. No, it will. You know, and like you said, like that, then you're gonna have what a fall champion and a spring champion. Like, that's why I just don't see the spring season being viable, especially if everybody goes off and whether or not they play an entire season or not, which you know, nobody knows that at this point, but if they end up playing, you know, seven, eight games, nine games, I mean, do you have a large enough sample size there to be able to pick what you deem the best four are from the teams that have played? Like you probably do. And so do they go ahead and, and try to play, you know, a uh, little college football playoff and the way they've done it in the past with a semifinal and a final, like probably. So what are you playing for in the spring? Like, Especially when you're at Ohio State, who has one of their best teams, yeah. probably in the history of the program. Like, it is so incredibly talented, and everybody knows, it, and that's why this is so painful. And these guys and their parents are fighting so hard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the offensive line, and again, I go, at, I look at the the dudes that are just nasty, and I I, I think Harry Miller had nasty a picture dudes. of this. Yeah. <laughs> had a picture of him with Mueller's on, man. You gotta love the Mueller's, but the fact like this offensive line and what they lost last year and now coming back this year, I was like, man, I just want to see Justin Fields year two. I want to see the wide receiver core. I want to see our offensive line just absolutely pancake people eight yards down the field. And that's kind of the beauty of it. Like our defense was number one in the country. They don't even have to be that this year because our offense is going to score so many points. But I also want to see these senior linebackers play to what they're capable of and everybody just love on them. Right. And, you know, and I, I don't get to have that right now. And it really frustrates me, but you know, back to this deal, I just think that with everything going on and you have two teams that are now playing, you know, in the spring and potentially, and these other three that are playing and listen, if somebody wants to put a meme out there and me and Paul Feinbaum in a cage match, like hell in the cell, yes. please do so because I will absolutely destroy that cat. But he was talking about, I hope so. Yeah, well, He's of course, like 55. Too. Like, I know, I know. That's not even a discussion. I know. Hey, hey, give, him, give him a, he gets a tag team partner too. I'm not, I can't even say stuff because I was going to say two on one and that'd be something else that somebody would put on the radio. I don't know. You guys are just going to have all these cut ups of me just saying absurdly ridiculous things and my wife's just going to laugh at me the entire time. But that being said, they came out with this thing that, you know, Paul Feinbaum said that, well, Pac 12 and the Big Ten really haven't done anything. I'm like, we just won the national, we won the national championship in 2014. And yeah, we've been there and we lost in the semifinals twice, but like, Here's another team that I think can do it. Just like in 2015, you lose that one to Michigan State, you're not in it. And again, probably the hot, most talented team in the college football that year didn't get a chance to play. And you got to be in the dance, right, to play. So at the end of the day, I just want to see this this team not only 
live up to the expectations, but exceed expectations and go win a championship because I definitely believe that they're capable of doing so. And they have the depth to be able to do it as well. Even Tom Brady isn't immune to being yelled at. Give me details on that next. It's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Attack and dominate your alarm clock. This is Morning Juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and Schlags. Morning Juice. Glad to be here every weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Wake up with the two wild men themselves, Carp and Schlegs. And I mean, already we're, you know, not even one show in. You may have dropped the line of the entire show saying that I'll, I'll just slay that cat talking about Paul <laughs> Feinbaum and you in a cage match. Like that's, that's amazing. I absolutely love that. Woo! Oh. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> now that I, I, I actually saw, I saw somebody tweet that out and I was like, you know what? There's got to be more to it. So what if we put like Desmond Howard, Mark May, myself, and it's all Nacho Libre Come style. Come on, man. Leave Mark May out of this, dude. He's not even on TV anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, this doesn't bring them all, man. Like, but Nacho Libre style. We got the mask on. We're all oil. I could just see Feinbaum just, and I, again, this is no disrespect to anybody, but it's just hysterical. I'm thinking about this in my mind. He's over there like lathering up and no pecs. I mean, he probably does, you know, but. Um, well, Schlegs, you know, if you say with all due respect, then it gives you the permission to say whatever okay, you want. Yeah, say whatever you want, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, right. I'm speaking with my hands. I always say with all due respect. I mean, what are nobody, we talking about? Nobody can take this as disrespect if you say with all due respect. Those yeah, are the rules sure. of the game. Exactly. Okay, cool. So, They're good. Yeah. I'm living by the rules. That's nice. Good. Yeah. Good to know I'm right. staying in my lane. <laughs> so, That'd be amazing, though. That'd be I mean, fun. I would. I would pay to see it. I'm telling you 100%. Would it be like, fun, though, Schlegs? Would it really be fun to beat up an old man who can't fight back? Well, I gave him two other two other dudes. Two dudes? <laughs> Three dudes on one? That sounds like something you've been been involved with before, Schlegs. And I can't, again, I can't comment, Bob. I have no clue. But this is what everybody gets. This is my entire life. Knowing Bobby Carpenter since 2003. It's it really like is. This. Yeah, it's That's, hysterical. I love it. <laughs> it's all it is. So we got the NFL. They're starting, you know, not starting training camp today, but they're putting the pads on. It's full go. And so I'm fascinated to see the Tom Brady experiment with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, he's pulled, he pulled his buddy Gronk out of retirement. They got one of the best receiving duos, if not the best receiving duo in the entire NFL. But we know Bruce Arians. He's now, he's down there. He's down in Tampa Bay and he gets a little bit fired up from time to time, Carp. And he says just about Tom Brady. He says he gets cussed out like everybody else. I mean, this is a guy who's the best quarterback we have ever seen to play in the NFL. He's one of the best players of all time in the history of the game. He goes down to a different team. He's got to learn a different playbook. And if you're going to get cussed out, then Bruce Arians is going to cuss you out. But I think that's absolutely fantastic that he's treating him just like one of the one of the other guys on the team. Well, Bruce Arians has been around a long time, coached a lot of great quarterbacks, had a lot of success in the NFL, and I got a chance to see how you know my my final year playing up in New England, how Bill coached Tom, and I've never seen anyone like Belichick yell at a quarterback or criticize a quarterback publicly the way he did of Tom Brady, and so I think Bruce Arians just keeping that tradition. You know, someone you know uh, I think it was Sports Center or whoever had had that. Uh, tweet out about that and Tom subtweets it and said used to it. Like it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, and that's why his teammates love him. And I know people love to bag on him and you know, all this stuff of the flake gate and everything else. I'm like, listen, I will tell you this. Everybody that has ever played with Tom Brady 
loves the dude because he's just one of the guys. He's ultra competitive. There isn't any prima donna in him. And so it's fantastic. Like it flattens out your leadership structure when the guy who is probably going to go down as the best NFL quarterback of all time and the guy winning six Super Bowls is just like one of the dudes and can take criticism like anybody else and doesn't bristle at it, doesn't squirm, be like, you know, and then cry to the coach like, hey, I'm really good. Why are you yelling at me? No, man, I'm going to be like everybody else. You get yelled at, I get yelled at. That's how we get better and that's how we improve. And in a society where nobody likes to be criticized publicly <laughs> anymore, like, doesn't bother Tom. And that's fantastic and it's refreshing, Schlegs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, rem- <laughs> it reminds me of a great lesson and a great experience. Bob, you were there, but I remember mm. in uh, 2005, we're, you know, at Ohio State. And <laughs> I know I hear you guys laughing. And Jim Haycox, I said something, you know, <laughs> this Troy, is awesome. Yeah, Troy Smith was talking trash. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, Bobby probably three plays earlier, you know, probably offense jumped off sides and he walked it back five yards. And said, That's a five yard penalty. And Tress probably said something to Bob, right? And then he probably walked it back up anyways. I said something to Troy, like, we play field eight and, you know, you know, kick your butt all day, right? <laughs> I'm so sure those were your exact on. words. Yeah, and then, and then Jim Haycock takes me off and just absolutely <laughs> melts my face off. He's like, what are you, what, you don't like my calls? Like, you know, you questioning my stuff. Anyways, I had to do up-downs every five yards for 400 <laughs> yards while they're awesome. doing practice. And again, I just want to practice to go knock somebody's face off, right? That's what I like to do. I like to win and hit people. So I try to get through and get done. And then he puts me back in. And at the, and afterward, he came up and uh, he's just in his office. And I, I walked in there. I'm like, hey, coach, I just wanted you to know I didn't mean any disrespect to you. Like, I love the defense. It's like, said with all due respect. Coach. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> he's, I just like, he's just like, hey, Schlegs, here's the deal. If I could do it to you, I could do it to anybody. And it's like, people, guys got to know that. He's like, and I know you can handle it. So, you know. And again, Bobby's already laughing because those are probably a bunch of sexual like, so You can use later, Bobby. But again, at the end of the day, you got to coach everybody the same. And that's that, that's what you do, whether you're a straight coach or a regular position coach. Like, you coach everybody. Okay, I know I can't even make comments because you guys are going to be laughing about that all the time. But you, you got you to gotta coach players hard and you got to tell them what's up. So, I love it, man. Tom Brady's yeah. just a dude winning Super Bowls. If you Go. can't coach your guys hard and they're not willing to get better, like you're going to struggle as a team. And that's one of the reasons why you see New England, they get better every year by the end of the season because guys are willing to work at it. And one of the things you omitted, I think, from that story, Schlegs, is that was like a week or a couple of days after you tweaked your MCL, so you had that sweet <laughs> MCL brace yeah. on, so you looked half as athletic as you even were, which oh. put you at like a quarter athleticism for what you really needed to be, which was absolutely tremendous. And so I watching you listen to you, right. watching you dog cussing Coach Haycock <laughs> under your breath, and he was like, what slags, you got something to say to me? And you're like, no, no, I'm good, Coach. I'm good. And we're just practicing and watching you do that and be so angry. It was so fantastic. But that's the thing. Like, that's the stuff that, like, your teammates, everyone felt bad for you. And because, like, what you said really wasn't even a knock. I'm not sure how it got so sideways in the interpretation, but it was, it's the truth. Like, if you can yell and coach your top guys, and what is it, like, Mickey Marotti in the weight room, it says your best leaders, you know, it used to say you have to be your best players. And he like scratched it out and was like best grinders. Meaning you come in every day, every day, you know, and then the old cliche, like grab your lunch pail and be ready to go to work. No, you literally are coming in every day trying to get better. And I'm willing to take whatever it is you're giving me. I may not like it all the time. Like not all medicine tastes good. A lot of it tastes like trash going down. But if it's what you need to hear that day, 
then that's what you need to hear that day. And when you have a relationship, you know the coach isn't going to sit here. Like, my job isn't to blow sunshine and tell you how great you are. My job is to make you the best you can be. And if you're a real competitor, you get that. You understand it. It may not feel good at that time. And that doesn't mean you won't snap back like Shags did to Coach Haycock. But that means that you're going to be able to absorb from it and learn from it. And that's like, those are the type of dudes Tom Brady is, like, or that he is. And like, they have those type of guys at Ohio State right now. And it's, it's refreshing to see because it feels so good in an era where everyone bristles at criticism and everyone gets a trophy. One of the longest streaks in sports history is in major jeopardy. Details on that next. It's morning juice right here on the fan. Three men, one show, all the beef. Unicorns, show ponies, where's the beef? This is Morning Juice with Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel. Back here on Morning Juice, our final segment of the day. It's hard to believe. I mean, the show just absolutely flew by today. Of course, we have the Jackets coming up today at 3 o'clock. Coverage begins right here on the fan at 2. Game 4, they trail 2-1 to one in the series. Must-win game for me. I know you boys said the same thing. Must-win game for you as well. A little midday matinee action coming your way at 2 o'clock. And then the puck drop from the bubble at 3. It's just... It's, it's, you gotta do it, man. You gotta do it. I know that you're tired legs and you've played a ton of hockey over the past couple of days, past couple of weeks too. That five overtime game was pr- pretty grueling, but if there's a will, there's a way and they just need to grind this one out today. Oh yeah. And here's the, here's the best part about it, Beam, is the fact that they have a court coach that doesn't care. He's a lot in the mm-hmm. same vein as like Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, probably more Parcells with the directness, but he's gonna tell his team, like, nobody cares. Do your job. Everybody talks about how difficult things are right now. Nobody cares. 80% of the people don't care, and the other 20% of the people are happy about it. Like, no one wants to hear you complain. And so that's a torch. They're able to compartmentalize everything. Like, yeah, you've played a lot of hockey. Yeah, these things have happened. Those are facts, and that doesn't necessarily diminish, like, what you've done. But ultimately, only people are going to judge you by how you achieve and what you're able to do. And so go out there and do your job. And it's very important that they do it in a big way today. And so that's, that's huge for them. Don't let it catch up to you. Go play hard, get it done, find a way to get the dub. Yeah. Wear, <laughs> wear a big cup, carry a big stick, attack mm. and dominate, all gas, no brakes. Go jackets. Woo! Exactly. That's exactly what they need to do today. Coverage starts right here on the fan at 2 o'clock with the puck drop from the bubble at 3. So I was reading this earlier on this weekend, and this this came from Tony Gerdeman of the Buckeye Scoop. So one of the longest active streaks in sports is on the verge of ending. So Tony writes here, the first AP poll is set to drop in a couple of weeks. There are still discussions about the parameters the voters will be asked to follow. Should there still be college football in existence when the voters are cast, will Ohio State be in that poll, even though they're not playing football? It would be the first time in 53 years if they're not in this poll and they don't play a season that they would not be included in at least one AP top 25 poll in 53 years. To do anything for 53 years in a row and from a sports sense is incredible. But Schlegs, I think it just shows you, you know, whether or not there's football this season, just the, and that, that streak wasn't going to end anytime soon either, unless the coronavirus, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like on its own accord, that streak was not going to end, but it's, it's amazing just the consistency over the better part of five decades you've had here in Columbus for that football team. 
Yeah, it's hard enough to be alive for 53 years, let alone in the AP Top 25. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, at the end of the day, it just goes to show what Ohio State is as a brand. And that's the thing I've been, you know, wrapping my head around. It's like, listen, the Big Ten needs Ohio State more than Ohio State needs the Big Ten, right? We have a second-best option, and it's our brand, right? So we can go anywhere we want to. That's why I'm like, I really want to just, like, you know, push push it down the road, man. It's like, hey, we, we're going to go play somewhere else. But at the end of the day, it just shows the consistency, the love of Ohio State, the, able that, the ability that we're able to go get the recruits and also have great coaching, right? Because players win games. We also have to have the coaches at the college level to be able to coach them up. So, you know, I... I'd hate to see it go, but again, it's not, it's not necessarily important to our players, right? They don't necessarily think about it, the fans do, but it just stinks that they're not even in, able to be in the conversation. Well, they can still be in there. They didn't say they would eliminate them. It wouldn't surprise me if Ohio State's in there. Yeah, put them like, in the top, put them at 20. I think people will still recognize that and put some of the teams from the Big Ten, especially Ohio State in there because you're talking about the best teams. Like you, you rank them. Before the sea is it beam? Is that before the season, or do they do that after the first week? No, they do it before the season. So yeah, like before the, the season. Yeah. So it's an arbitrary ranking based on how good you think teams are going to be, <laughs> right? And so will they be in it after week one? After eh, not playing, probably not. But you know, I it wouldn't surprise me if people still vote them in there based upon the perception of how good they are. And so that's a big deal, um, almost as big a deal like as me. Shaving off my Fu Manchu in between oh, the, no. the last segment. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, I had it for four days. My that's kids hated it. It looked yeah. atrocious. I mean, it looked good. It's nice and red, and it doesn't really have any gray in it yet, so that's big. But, you know, it, my my lip's kind of cold now, actually, to tell you the truth, <laughs> from not having that on there. But it was it was time for it to go. Start of a new show, new new beginnings. And, you know, if we have certain... If I have to go on camera, I try to at least clean it up a little bit, you know, and then try to look professional. Not like a cowboy. Not like Schlegs. But not like a horse ride a cowboy, man. What are we talking about? Exactly. Giddy up. Boys, I had a fantastic time today. I'm glad that we were able to navigate the waters. It is just the first of many shows here. Schlegs, have a great day. Carp, you as well, boys. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Yeah, we will talk to you live tomorrow at 6 a.m. Remember, Jackets coverage at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock puck drop from the bubble. We'll be back tomorrow at 6. Up next, my Uncle Bo and James with Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.